see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any Rocky Mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings, but that's never been a problem because we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big, bright, shiny What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Welcome to episode 114. We have Brother Dave, Super Dave, and two very special guests, Joe Newhouse and Michael Hayden from Pinnacle Assurance. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. Morning, everybody. Morning, everybody. Morning. I always thought it was Pinnacle Insurance until this week. (laughs) <laughs> assurance yeah it is when i started yep. started doing a little research all right you guys ready to kick off with the pledge you bet awesome pledge, pledge allegiance, allegiance to, to the, the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all all right father god we thank you for the opportunity to go out and do some trucking today we pray for our fleet all of their families and all the other families and individuals we come across on the road today. We pray for patience and the making of good, safe decisions. We pray to be accident-free and that we all make it back to the comforts of our homes this evening. We pray for healing and 100% recovery for all of our family members that are ill. No matter what, we trust you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. As a reminder, anything you hear on today's podcast is not the opinion of JFWs or Pinnacle Assurance. It is just the men in this room's expressed opinions. CYA. Thank you for that. Don't sue us. (laughs) Don't sue Joe. That's for sure. Uh, Episode 113, we had 525 downloads the first week. Those numbers are slowly creeping back up. We're getting out of the holiday season. We are at 61.2 thousand total downloads. And guess what? We have 527 followers. How is that possible? Well, here's how it's possible. Because we we were at 221 forever, right? right? We were stuck. So Podbean picks up the analytics from all the other platforms for plays, but not followers. Oh, interesting. So we have more followers on Spotify that weren't accounted for. Okay. And we have followers on Apple Podcasts that were not. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. So when JR is having people add the podcast and follow it, they're doing it on Spotify mostly. Oh, really? So that number is going up. We talked about it a week ago. Like Apple was the highest. It is the highest. Our little Apple discussion. It is the highest. (laughs) And I I could show you the data. It is the highest for plays. But I guess people are following on Spotify. Ah, Nice. Yeah. So Spotify actually gave a lot of interesting stats. This stat is not from Spotify, but in 2023, we had seven countries with two or more listens. <laughs> we had over 20-something countries with one or more listen, but I figured if the country's not listening twice, we're not counting them. <laughs> so seven countries. We are worldwide, though. Oh, funny. The top episode played on Spotify was Chili Dogs, 
and the most shared episode on Spotify was Paco's. That's awesome. But and this so is, wait a minute, wait a minute. Chili Dog does the most calendar photos. Yep. And the most listens. Yes. <laughs> Rockstar. Paco's was the most shared, so he has more friends than Chili Dog. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Good <clears throat> and job, then guys. Here's a stat for these guys, and this is not Spotify. This is throughout all the platforms. The number one episode of 2023 was Eric Zerbriggan's episode. Till today. <laughs> well, step up or, you know, we'll see. We love you, Eric. Eric, Eric has 900. But you're going down, right, Joe? <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> Eric had 972 downloads. Wow, that is yep. amazing. Yep. Followed by Paco at 965. And then Chili Dog, he is not even a top 10 in all-time listens. Not to put Chili Dog down, but <laughs> he has a lot of clout on but, Spotify. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Pretty interesting. That is very cool. Good yep. stats, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's time for the Dad Joke Challenge. We always let the new blood go first, so either Michael or Joe, have at it. Looks like Joe's You know, right I'll eat us off, guys. I've got a couple. So uh, I've got two daughters, uh, 10 and 8. And oh. so I asked them, I'm like, I need some jokes to share on today's podcast. So here's the first one. This comes from my youngest, Reese. Um, what kind of car does Luke Skywalker drive? Oh, man. What kind of car... For those Star Wars fans out there, oh, what kind of car does Luke Skywalker drive? That's funny, because I have a nine-year-old daughter, and she's all about Star Wars yeah. and Rogu, and, but I have no idea. I have no idea. A toy Yoda. Uh, <laughs> Get it? Toy Yoda. Toy Yoda. Now, my second one comes from my oldest, and her name's um, Brody. She's 10. And this is more of a mind teaser, so I'm going to pick on Brother Dave here this morning. Right. Uh, say silk five times, the word silk. Silk, silk. Silk, silk, silk. Okay, now spell the word silk. S-I-L-K. And what do cows drink? Milk. Wrong. Cows drink water, bro. Gotcha! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hayden, what do you got for me? Can you back me up? Very, very good, Joe. <laughs> that was good. Man. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, I was going to tell you guys a joke about safety, but I decided to buckle down instead. Get it? <laughs> Buckle down. Buckle All right, here's my second down. one. <laughs> All right, the second one is I spent a lot of time, money, effort, child-proofing my house, but the kids still got in. Ah, that's good. Those are those are good dad jokes, yeah, Mike. Way to bring man. it. Rolling. Awesome. So might as well just go around the table or not. All right, let's do it. All right, so uh, I kind of got to go with the workers' comp joke. Right? Of course. You're our guys. But it's kind of the kid version. So, after many years at sea, a pirate decided to retire. Since he had suffered injuries on the job, he thought that he should collect his workers' comp insurance. But he had a wooden leg, a hook on his right hand, and a patch over his right eye. But his agent assured him that he would be compensated if his injuries were at work. So the agent says, How did you get your wooden leg? asked the agent. And he says in a booming voice, I, me and me mateys were at the high seas when the boom swung around and knocked me into the sea where a shark bit off me leg. The agent was like, wow, that's definitely compensable uh, at, work, at work injury. 100% work related. And he says, well, uh, what about your, uh, your hand? And he says, well, matey, me and me mates were at high seas and the boom swung around and knocked me into the sea where a shark bit off me hand. And the agent again is like, well, that definitely happened yeah. at work. And he says, well, 
you know, what about your eye? And the pirate replied, well, matey, I was laying on the deck one day and he said I was catching some rays and a seagull flew over and dropped his duty right in me eye. <laughs> and the agent goes, well, I, I don't understand. What, is, what does that have to do with your losing your eye? And he says, well, it was the first day with me hook. Oh. <laughs> 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 That was good, brother. Dave. Yeah, yeah. The the accent. I love the accent, <laughs> Dave. Yeah. Great, that was very good. good. That was good. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you, this is kind of down the same alley that you were on a minute ago, Mike. But today I was on a drive. Decided to you know take a ride by my old childhood home. Right, had a little bit of nostalgia going on, so I drove by the the old house and and I pulled up and asked the people if I could go inside because I was having a little nostalgia going on. And they said, no way, and slammed the door in my face. Man, my parents are the worst, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's good. Good one. Uh, You're not going to do your other one, Dave? (laughs) Yeah, the other one's pretty good, too. Oh, I love the other one. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. Let it rip. Okay, so why is it when you donate one one kidney, people love you? But when you donate five, they call the police. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's too much. So did you guys hear that uh, Haynes took Fruit of the Loom to court? No. Yeah, it was a brief case. (laughs) (laughs) Baba boom. Uh, Good jokes, guys. Those were some good dad jokes. Oh, yeah. New employees. We got Alberto Gordillo started this week. Welcome to the fleet, Alberto. Welcome, Alberto. Welcome. Welcome. Celebrations, we had Chris England and Holly White hit 13 years yesterday. Happy anniversary, you two. We have... Uh, Chris was seven years. Yep, and Holly's 13 years. Yep, sorry about that. And then uh, Rob White hits three years tomorrow. And then Jose Barraza has his... Oh, I didn't write it down. Was that four years, Dave? Three years, you think, for Jose? Saturday uh, the 13th? Yeah, I think he's at three. I, I think Sorry, so. I should have questioned that, Jim. I saw it. Huh. And I just assumed it would be three years with Rob White, but I think you're right. It's I think probably it's probably more. three years. Yeah. So, well, Bert- congratulations, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Birthdays. Uh, Rick Ray had a birthday Monday on the eighth. Kurt Spencer had a birthday yesterday, and every year Jose Barraza has a birthday on he, his as- anniversary. Yeah, he's, he's four years. Is he four years? Yeah, wow. Four years. Good job, Jose. Well, happy birthday and happy, and birthday. happy anniversary. Absolutely. No family birthday celebrations this week. Man, how is that possible? Yeah, yeah slow week. That's crazy. My wife's <laughs> famous usually feels week. like they have birthdays every month. Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, she got a lot of... Lot of yeah, she daughters. has uh, five siblings, and we're oh, always wow. together at least once a month. Yeah. Yeah. How many nieces and nephews do you have? Oh, my goodness. I think we're, the family's growing. In fact, we all went to the stock show this past weekend, and it was like herding cattle down there, no pun intended. <laughs> Did anybody do any of the mutton busting? No, we tried to get our, our youngest to do it, uh, but uh, no go. No. There were some kiddos that, that did a good job on there. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, this is your shout-out, Dave. You want to give Brian Land a shout-out here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know whether everybody knows it, but we added another position in the shop, and uh, Brian Land has, has filled that position. He's been with us, I don't know, a month and a half now, something like that. And... Uh, uh, he's repairing the damage to any of our trailers and tarps and liners and whatnot like that. And it is just impressive when you see how this guy can weld. I mean, you know, I, as a little kid, you know, I was around that. I know how to weld. You know, I feel I do a pretty good job myself. And I mean, he puts me to shame. And I, 
I've always just made the pun, you know, you can weld anything from the crack of an ass to a broken heart, and this guy can. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can he can put it together. He doesn't doesn't go out and socialize a lot. I mean, he's just a grinder. He just gets in there and knocks the job out, and he's like, what's next? You know, and it's just, it is impressive to watch. So thanks, Brian. Great job. Makes Appreciate it look it. easy, huh? Oh, so yes. easy. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's that is a talent. Right. I mean, it, it, it truly is a talent to to put that metal together or aluminum together and weld it in its one seamless stitch is what it looks like. You know, it's like the stitching on this this dampener, noise dampener we have in here. It's just, it's it's impressive. So thanks, Brian. Good job. Yeah, I always get a kick out of, you know, the people that are really good at their trade because they make it look so easy. I'm sure you've seen like the meme where it's talking about, you know, a guy wants to charge 60 bucks an hour, we'll just say for for welding. Yeah. And the, the customer's like, $60 an hour? Like... You know, you only, or he, he flat rated him like 500 bucks and it took him like 30 minutes. Right. And the guy's like, 500 bucks? It only took you 30 minutes. And he's like, no, it took me 30 years to get this good to do right. the job in 30 minutes. Right. You know, so yeah, yeah it's nice to see people that are it is good art. at their craft for sure. All right. Any other shout outs, guys? I have some later. Okay. I mean, when we get down in discussion, um, there. I mean, I could do them now, Jam. It doesn't matter. Well, we're doing shout-outs. If you want to do them now, you can, or you can do them later. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I mean, we just have in discussion, you have the wash bay there. And oh, gotcha. I just wanted to go over that uh, I kind of ran into a deal between IPOC and uh, the Boots and Business event that, that I was at Friday. But uh, I'll go back to IPOC. I sat uh, at the event uh, last Wednesday that we had, and uh, Kyle Johnson, who... Uh, I don't know. I think he's in operations there at Transwest Trailer. He was late to the meeting. And anyway, we went through our, our meeting and then popped up. And I said, oh, Kyle, you got to grab some lunch. He's like, yeah, sorry I was late. He said, I was kind of having a pretty in-depth discussion with Barb Eidsness. And for those of you that don't know, George Eidsness owns all of the Transwest truck dealerships here in town. And it's, you know, truck dealership, trailer dealership, uh, repair shop, uh Parts House. GMC. Yeah, GMC, Ford, Dodge, uh, Motorhome, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think the last tally I looked, I mean, he's even got a dealership in Canada. I think he's up to 21 or 27 dealerships. And it's pretty impressive that, you know, Kyle's sitting there having a discussion with his wife. And he said, you came up. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, you know, what's up? What's going on? You know, that was little antenna goes up. And he goes, Barb wants to know why the TransWest vehicles are never as clean as the JFW fleet. And I was like, I kind of got a big smile on myself and I said, well, number one, I can tell you, we have three generations of family working in our wash bay, you know, here at the main yard. And yeah, I mean, we have Rich, his son, Josh, and his daughter, Lexi, that all work in our wash bay. And uh, in addition to that, we have Andrew, Alex, Ilir, and then just joining the team today is gonna be Esteban and Julian. And I guess I just really want to give a shout out. I mean, we've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. I mean, I feel like it comes up every episode, but here's another point in case that people see how clean our trucks are. You know what I mean? Like on a week like this, vehicles are dirty. My own vehicle's dirty, <laughs> you know, because I drove in in the storm. And yet, you know, we probably washed 15 or 20 trucks on Monday night, on Tuesday night. We'll get 15 or 20 more tonight, you know, so they appear like like they haven't even ran but they have yeah. they're they're just they wash that many trucks a night and they just they do an amazing job you know and i've brought it up before the chemical that they're using on our trailers to keep the aluminum that clean the way it looks i mean 
to date, I mean, those trailers, you know, we have some that are three and a half years old, and they literally look like new. When you see them go down the height, they're still shiny. They don't have that acidized, dull, white finish like we used to have years ago. You know, even taking them to a truck wash, they didn't look like they look now. Right. And it's just, I just no. want to just, <clears throat> yeah. I can't say thank you enough to those guys and gals. I mean, Lexi out there, she's been busting it for, what, three years? Is this her third year mm-hmm. She's out in her there? third year. Is yep. Yeah. Wow. And and yeah. Josh, you know, he was kind of the introduction to some of those chemicals and the application of mm-hmm. it. You know, did the little background check when when Rich was out for his shoulder repair, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I just I just can't say enough when when Barb, whose husband owns all those de- that family owns all those dealerships, she wants to know why her fleet isn't as clean as ours. That was just that was an aha moment right you know and then kyle said hey be wary you're probably going to see barb at the boots and business and she wasn't there someone else came and filled her seat at the uh, table but yeah what a it just it was a good it was awesome. felt great that's right great. you know what a what a team and we just wouldn't have that if it wasn't for these people yeah and yeah. thanks for bringing up the uh two new people starting today I yeah yeah aware. julian's just about family he was referred by ish one of our drivers turns out his sister is married to ish and his older brother is Omar Santa Cruz, who's been with us yeah. like he's another returning employee, but he was here five years first time. And uh, I think he just had his one year or was it two year back? I think one. one yeah, I think yeah. one. So, I saw that. so he's been here six Picture years. Picture with the but, anniversary shirt. Yeah. I, I just got to throw this out here about the truck washing. Everybody's probably washed their own car in the driveway with a bucket and a sponge. All the time. So think about it. When you spend all that time washing a semi truck and trailer and when you back it out it looks good right you're happy with your work and then tomorrow it drives up to fair play at ten thousand feet over two mountain passes and the very next time you see that truck it looks worse than it did when you washed it the very next day mm-hmm. that gets really really discouraging you guys and yet they just keep plugging. You know, they are pluggers. They, they, they don't let it bother. They, right. they said, bring in the next truck. Let's get the next truck. And, and they just move on. And they keep getting them like near perfect every time. They don't even say, well, why are we even doing such a good job? Because it's going to look like crap when it comes back. Uh-huh. They don't say that. They just say, well, let's do a good job. Let's get it yeah. done. And uh, these guys are, they're real, real sluggers you know what it's I mean? amazing yeah. swinging for that for the bleachers every time yeah i've heard an expression before saying greatness seeks greatness right so to me the wash bay is just kind of right in line with everything else you know yeah. it's not like we have an amazing company and a crappy wash bay i mean everybody here works hard and gives their 100 yeah. percent. so i mean it, it it's it's funny because it's a it's a thankless job and you right. get dirty and you get wet and I mean, it's so funny. I mean, I would remember when I was a little kid, like you said, Dave, you just, we washed what we had with a garden hose. And, yeah. you know, if you had a sprayer on it with some pressure, that was like a win. <laughs> the business. I remember as a little kid, like dad got our first hot seat and uh, you had all this pressure, right? And you, you had hot water, man, you could really get in there. And I just, I remember just coming back soaking wet, filthy. Right. You know what I mean? The first time I used it. And then there was a driver here that he he'd grown up in the business, and you know I was a kid. He was in his forties. He's done it his whole life, right? He washed his truck and he came back and he was dry and clean. 
And I'm like, what am I missing here? <laughs> you know, so like anything else, there's tips and tricks and what you do to get better. So yeah, those guys are impressive. I just, I want to be sure everybody knew that. I can awesome. tell you guys, even from the outside looking in, we have a large number of clients that are based in Colorado and we're out on the highways and byways and we see not only trucking companies, but other companies as well. It, those little things like that, mm -hmm. it, it makes a difference and it shows well. Because right. we see a lot of our trucking clients, including JFW on the road, and when those trucks are clean and looking nice, it, it leaves an image. It really, really yeah, does. Especially when you get pulled over by the state patrol. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they comment on it. Wow, right. You guys have beautiful equipment. Yeah. Then or, they say, have a nice day, and off yeah. you go. That's what I was, uh, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you, Dave, yeah. but yeah, or more so that we didn't get pulled over because they're, they're like, oh, clean truck, clean truck, oh. Filthy. God, let's yeah. pull this one in. That's you know right. What I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, it makes oh, yeah. a difference. It does. Right? It really does. Yeah. Uh, Megan Re Megan Rendon is doing a fundraiser for a Mexican dog shelter, and when I say Mexican dog shelter, I mean a dog shelter in Mexico. Oh, not no. a shelter. Not Mexican dogs. No, no. not the Cholo <laughs> Esquintles. Have you ever seen the Mexican hairless dogs? No. Yeah. Uh, so there's actually a Mexican dog. So. Oh my gosh. When I wrote the outline i was like a mexican dog shelter but they do take all dogs right? <laughs> but what's cool about what they're doing <laughs> not just hairless hairless mexican dogs, right. yeah. <laughs> what they're doing though to, to do the fundraiser they're they're taking new and new shoes sneakers uh as donations to raise those funds so oh, very cool if you have a pair of shoes that are in decent shape they don't have to be brand new uh just get with megan and uh She'll get them to the right people so they could raise money for this shelter. What a great idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I actually think I have a pair or two I can get yeah. to that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I bet you Jim has a pair or two. <laughs> oh, wow. Shot, shots fired. <laughs> that wasn't even across the bow. No. Wow. We'll see if he listens. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so On Mondays, funny. all pissed off at you. <laughs> he wears his worst pair of shoes. On. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny awesome well let's get into the discussion guys uh first thing i want to bring to to everyone's attention is we all know we gave a generous bump for the safety bonus well the bumps start next quarter as we're still paying for q4 of last year so when you get your safety bonus here in the next week or two and it's still got the two percent it's because we haven't started the program yet. Sure, it was last year's. Right. Yeah, yeah. Last so year's you'd be looking April 2024 when you'll see that increase. And then the same thing with the hourly raises. If your first paycheck of the year was at the your old rate, that's because the year didn't start yet, but you should all be seeing that this bump week. this right. week. Yeah, because yeah. our payroll is one week in the rear. Exactly. Awesome. And then... Uh, Jim wanted to talk about, and Jim's not here today, but he wanted to talk about bad weather or this time of the year. <clears throat> if your truck has uh, been wa been washed, please wipe off the tail lights, the marker lights in your pre and post trip, or after running down a dirt road, that could be helpful avoiding an accident. Yeah, not so, been washed. You right, said not been washed. Not been yeah, washed. Yeah. Thanks for the correction. Yeah. So basically, if people can't see you stopping out of you, that's yeah, that's right. it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get a ticket for that. Um, yeah. If you don't have your marker lights cleaned off or your license plate, even that all has yeah. to be cleaned and visible. I was stopped for that one time on Highway 85, just really? north of 104th going northbound. Yeah, huh. state patrolman stopped me, and I had one of our old Lufkin trailers, and it was just a foul day out. Yeah, you know, I was cleaning them every time I stopped, but it was mid route. You know, I was just about back to the pit, and he stopped and he goes, "I can't see your tail lights." I'm like, "Okay," and I took and wiped them off, and wow. <laughs> off I went. I'm like, I, "Great, yeah." 
Thanks for the help. Also, we want to stress the importance of using Jake's instead of the service brakes. Uh, I think uh, the brothers were coming down Highway 85, saw one of our hoods, but they couldn't tell if they were using their Jake's or not, or they weren't using their Jake's. <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of weren't using their Jake's jamming. I, we just These are tools, you guys, that were given. You can use that engine brake day in, day out, and not wear anything out. It's designed to be used. All we have to do is go in once a year and we adjust it. There's no wear and tear on it. As to where, you know, using that foot brake, you're just wearing out brake shoes, you know? So you have you have a tool that doesn't cost us anything versus a tool that does. And, you know, you're, we're, we're, we're to the point with the newer equipment, everything is so automated, it almost is becoming easier to stop with just, you don't have a clutch to push in, you don't have an, a, a lever to downshift, or anything so you just take your foot off the gas and step on the brake and that's right. becoming easier but it's not the true trucker way you know and i guess we just want to put in everybody's mind back out there that hey the the faster you wear out those brakes the sooner our shop has to replace them it's more wear and tear on the unit it's more downtime it's more cost cost per mile and just a friendly reminder use those engine brakes i know when you're empty those engine brakes are so aggressive you can't use them on three heads you have to drop to two or sometimes one yeah and uh, it's just it's just better. It saves us money. You know, it makes you look better instead of just running right up to that light and stopping. Do it the old scout style way and slow down before the light. You know, you know you're coming up to an intersection and just slow down a little bit. That way, when the light changes, you just ease back into the throttle and you just you know continue on your way. And it's just the better way. You know, and I think a lot of times you, you it's easy to get out of that mode. You know, way back in the day that how all that started is. They were old trucks. They were slow. Uh, they couldn't accelerate to move with traffic. So instead of stopping, you always wanted to have that momentum where you were moving, and it was easier to get going. You know, now it's just it's easy to drive these trucks like cars. Yeah. You just whoop, up to the light, step on the brakes, and stop. And the light turns green. You mash the throttle, and you can darn near run with traffic. They run so well, you know. But that's not how we want to run. That's yeah. not how we want to look. That's not how we want to be. So. Let's let's keep it old school and slow down up to that light with the engine brakes and save us the maintenance and Mikey'll thank you in the shop. Right, absolutely. I think the automatic transmissions have gotten people out of the habit of jaking because you don't the truck downshifts for you. Back in the old days, you would have to downshift that truck to get get it in the correct gear so you could accelerate when the light changed. You can't you know, if your RPMs aren't in the right power band, you're you're screwed. You know, you could even miss the light because you're not in the right gear, right? Right. Oh, totally. So, yeah. as you were coming up to a light or an intersection or anything, you're making sure you're in that gear. You might have to shift two or three or four times even. And each time you would shift, you'd use your Jake. Nowadays, they're not shifting. The truck is doing it for them. So, they're just <laughs> kind of like, accelerator, brake. Accelerator, brake, you know? Right. And so... It's tougher for him. Yeah. I, this guy was empty, and I, I just really think the engine brakes are so aggressive that sometimes I think it's easier. <clears throat> we have some people that think it's easier not to use them rather than just adjust right. the level of yeah. engine braking. You know, drop from three heads to two or to one. Sure. And that's still better than just not using them at all. Yep. How are but those I, engaged, guys, those engine brakes? How, how do you engage an engine brake versus a – You is just, it just flip a, sw a switch and it's Got on. It. And then once it's on, it's on. Joe, okay. the only time it activates is when you lift off of the throttle all the way. 
Okay. So, and then it comes on and, you know, back on the throttle, it goes off, right? It's oh, just yeah. on and off with the throttle. Yeah. So, and then there's, there's two switches for them. One is on and off and the other one is how many positions. And there's three engine heads. Yep on the engine so you have engine you have head one two or three yep that's how many activate and that's just how aggressive your brakes are and the thing is with the automated transmissions you know back in the day as a driver you had to clutch it out of gear clutch it back into the next gear then let off of the throttle these you guys i mean it is literally as fast as that computer can grab that gear it's like engine brake uh, engine brake engine brake i mean it and it is when you're in three heads it is aggressive I mean, if you're not buckled in the passenger seat, it'll slip you right out of the passenger wow. seat. It's that aggressive. And that's because the trucks are so light, right? I mean, with the aluminum trailers, and we're paid by the ton, so we've we've designed a system on our trucks. We have our fleet as light as it can be because that's how we make our money. Yeah. That's how our drivers make our money. So yeah. Thank you. for. Yep. All right. Next thing I got on the list is we want to make sure our trailers are all the way down before we move. A couple of reasons. One... I just had a driver ask me this morning. Uh, there was no um, tailgate switch on his trailer. Well, how my how's my tailgate going to open? So I explained the gym pole valve. But when you're letting those trailers down, if they're rocking back and forth, they could shear that valve off, and they're about four hundred bucks. Plus, right. you'll have to come back to the yard to get it fixed. The other reason is we can't be driving down the road with our tailgates up, or excuse me, our trailers up in the air. I was just watching a video the other day of a guy hit a bridge. I mean, his trailer was way up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I don't even know what was in there because it looked like it was loaded. A bunch of stuff came out, but he had a bridge. And I mean, he was he was cooking it, you yeah. know, but we don't want to be that company where we hit, no. you know, a low bridge or something like that. So before you move, make sure your trailer is down all the way. And you should see that in your mirror, Jim. If a trailer is a foot in the air and you're going down the road and you look in your mirror to change lanes, what? why, did, why does this look different? You know, you should. Yeah, you, you should, should see, see it while you're sweeping easy. your trailer, <laughs> your tailgate off. You should see yeah. it while you're walking back to the truck. I mean, you have a lot of opportunity to tell that something's not right. 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 So make sure we're doing that. And then uh, this time of the year, we've had a lot of drivers using other people's trucks. We want to make sure we're fueling, deafening, and cleaning out the trailers. We had a couple of complaints this morning. Guys getting into their trucks after not being in for a few days, and they're not the way that they left them. So that is super frustrating especially on a cold morning like today. Yeah, leave it better than you found it. Exactly. That's just courtesy. Yep. All right. Put put the cart back, right, Jim? <clears throat> yeah, put the cart back in the in the little cart dolly or whatever, the cart <laughs> yeah. corral, is that what right? they call it? yeah. Cart corral. So. All right, let's move on to, uh, to our guests today. They are from Pinnacle Assurance. We got two guys here. Joe Newhouse, when he's not a Pinnacle, he is a... Texas Hold'em dealer. <laughs> Thank you for that jam. In Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> really, you did a great job. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a good time. Um, he is the agency sales lead, almost 10 years at Pinnacle, and you are the agency re- relationship manager for, what is CLA? Yeah, so uh, there's a number of safety groups that are still uh, intact at Pinnacle, uh, there's 12 left. Uh, eight of those are industry specific. Four of those are general groups. 
Uh, but our industry-specific groups, uh, most of the individuals on our team uh, have alignment with those programs as we as we look to continue to manage them. So mm-hmm. uh, the CLA is the Colorado Livestock Association. Okay. So they're focused around the ag community uh, and businesses in Colorado. Uh, and then I'm also aligned with the Colorado Motor Carriers Association, which I know hits home to you guys. So shout out to Greg, Patty, and uh, Jeanette, uh, Tracy, Tracy Sakaguchi, Kate, uh, Kate Young, and the team over there at the Colorado Motor Carriers Association. Nice. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And you were also the 2023 Person of the Year? Yeah, so that's kind of like the Heisman Trophy of Insurance. That's kind of <laughs> how I look at it. But uh, that is uh, through PIAC, which is the Professional Independent Agents of Colorado. Okay. Uh, and they're a, a governing body that helps with education, um, you know, policy uh, advocacy down at the Capitol for the insurance industry. And they nominate a number of awards, but this one was for uh, kind of the agency sales or marketing person of the year within the industry. So I was nominated in 2012, didn't bring it home, but this past year I uh, was successful in bringing it home to Pinnacle. So shout out to the Pinnacle team. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Did you want to thank your sponsors? No, what did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what exactly, well, first of all, what, what was your relationship with Flood and Pete? Did you work at Flood and Pete? Yeah, before? so it's been a kind of a long-standing relationship. So I know you guys are working with Flood and Peterson today, and uh, they've got a wonderful team. Uh, so I actually spent a little bit of my career with Flood and Peterson, and while I was there, I was managing their select business team, which was focused on small business, okay. and it also took kind of an insurance advisor role while I was there. Uh, and then when I went to Pinnacle. Uh, I was asked to align with them, and so yes. uh, knowing knowing their organization, knowing the team there, and then coming to Pinnacle, it was a very smooth transition, uh, but it's been a great working relationship. They're one of our top agency partners at Pinnacle Assurance, uh, so shout out to Flood and Peterson and the team there, and uh, shout out to Eric Zerbergen. We're still yes. trying to beat your record there, so <laughs> we're going to see how that plays out, but uh, thank you. Yeah, after seeing him perform... Uh out there at the pheasant hunt. I don't know if you're going to beat him or not. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> All he does is win. All he does is win. <laughs> That's it. And what is your current role at Pinnacle? What, what is yeah, your so uh, like? right now I'm the agency sales lead. And so we've got a team of uh, seven other individuals. And guys at uh, Pinnacle Assurance, our agent and broker channel represent 91% of our total business that's written at Pinnacle. Oh, wow. So without our agent broker partners, we aren't where we are at today. Uh, so our team manages those agent broker partnerships. And then there's also some specialty programs. We mentioned safety groups. Our team also helps in managing those programs as well. Nice. So just keeping everything in alignment with our agent broker partners uh, from top to bottom. Uh, we like to say broader, deeper strategy. We really want to know our agency broker partners from the top down to the desk level, inside and out, uh, just establishing solid partnerships with, with those that bring the business to Pinnacle, our distribution channel. Awesome. Yeah. And we also have Michael Hayden here. He is a senior safety consultant at Pinnacle. And you've been there for 14 years. That's correct. And what is what does your role look like? Yeah, so I'm a, a senior safety consultant at Pinnacle. We have about uh, about 20 of us there. Uh, so we have a pretty good safety consultant group. Uh, the, probably, I think it's the largest group of safety consultants for one company here in Colorado, for one insurance company. And uh, so it's great. Um, what I do basically is I work with our policyholders, our customers, and agents and uh, mostly with the policyholders and help them improve their safety. So that may involve looking at past claims, doing some accident analysis, um, just basically even doing consulting with them, working with them one-on-one like we are doing today. Meeting with our customers one-on-one is is a great part of the job. 
walk around their facilities, do some hazard identification, offer some resources. And uh, of course, you guys, I think, are premium cost containment certified. We also help our customers become uh, cost containment certified through the state of Colorado. What is cost containment certified? Yeah, that's a, t- that's a tough one. So <laughs> it's the state of Colorado has a program. It's called the Premium Cost Containment Certification Program. And basically, it's a six-step program that any employer in the state of Colorado can do. You have to have these six steps. I won't go into each of them, but you have to have six steps in place for one year. And then once that one year is up, you can apply to the state to get uh, your certification. And once you get certified, that you receive a 5% discount on your workers' compensation going forward every year you renew. We like discounts. Yeah. Great. Mike, you sit on the board of the cost containment board. You you review all those submissions. I did for uh, two and a half years, so I am now officially off. (laughs) <laughs> freeze up my schedule a little bit why do you but, seem so happy about yeah, it? I don't know. it is a lot of work it's it's a it's a great responsibility and we kind of rotated around at pinnacle and our safety services department so i got to do it for two and a half years and uh it was really rewarding it's but it's a lot of work it took me literally like three days of work outside my normal job for prep and follow-up with okay. those board meetings yeah. so we sit on the board and there's other insurance uh representatives and uh, manufacturing companies that sit on there. You have a representative on the board and and we review new applications and renewals for cost containment and just to make sure that they're following the six steps that we're looking for. Sure. Okay. I would have to look. We've had that cost containment for a long time. I mean, I would tell you over 10 years, but I'm not great. It's got to be that mark. Yeah. You know what Congratulations. I mean? Eight years, 12 years, somewhere in there. We're looking for a bigger Thanks, discount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep it up, though. That's, I, always tell job, super to, I always tell everyone the cost containment. It's it's a great program. It's really good for smaller employers because I think it's the foundation of a, of a formal safety program. Right. You have these it six is. steps. It's a, you can build upon it. Nice. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a good place to start. Absolutely. Okay. And for our listeners, if they're not familiar with Pinnacle Assurance, what, what is the easy way to describe who and what Pinnacle does? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give this one a try. Um, so Pinnacle's been around uh, for 115 years now. And so I'm going to throw a term out here. It's, it sounds complicated, but it's not. So we operate as a quasi-governmental competitive state fund here in Colorado. So we'll break this down. So quasi-governmental. So we act as the assured source for workers' compensation in the state of Colorado. So what that means is if you're running a, a severity-driven operation, let's say a mining operation or commercial roofing contracting company, uh, not a lot of insurance companies are wanting to insure those risks because the severity side of it is just so great. And so through the state of Colorado, we're required uh, to provide work comp coverage, as all employers are if they have employees through the state of Colorado, uh, have workers' compensation in place. So we do fill a responsibility with the state to insure those exposures that not everyone would like. But then the competitive state fund piece of it means we're set up to compete against all of the other insurance companies and carriers filed the right work comp in Colorado. Mm. So that's where that quasi-governmental competitive state fund definition comes in. Uh, But our whole world is workers' compensation from start to finish. You know, you look at workers' comp, it's almost like a a life cycle every policy year. Uh, We've got disciplines within the building that start on the front end with the underwriting of the policy. Uh, We've got resources like Michael with safety, return to work claims management through the course of the policy period. We've got our audit team at the at the tail end of that policy period. Mm-hmm. We've got our own in-house counsel. Uh, we're, we're a mighty team. Uh, we've got uh, north of 600 employees, which oh, wow. are, most of them are domiciled here in the colorful state of Colorado. So mm-hmm. uh, we know workers' comp better than anybody. And not only do we do it for uh, exposures in Colorado, 
but we also align with those exposures for companies that have uh, exposures or operations in other states as well and are really figuring out how to do that in a, in a great capacity as well. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah. It is, yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of our people know, Joe, what we spend in yeah. in compensation. It's a meaningful amount. It, it, it is. And I, I mean, I wish Jim was in here. He could probably spit the number out. And that we go through an audit annually. The that's state right. of Colorado comes out. And what they're auditing is that we're turning in the correct numbers from the previous year. It's based on our payroll. That's right. Well, every year as we've grown, our payroll has increased. Yeah. You know, and this dates way back years and years ago. You know, the first time we grew a little bit, of course, we were completely off on our numbers. And we're like, how could we be that far right. off? And then it dawned us, oh, well, we added, you know, X amount of employees. So Jim, I think, I, I you know, without him being in here, I'm, I'm hesitant and spitting numbers out. But I think he was within like $10,000 of what we thought we were going to spend Solid. on our payroll last year. Yeah, that's good. And when they came out and did the audit, it was it was like spot on. And oh, that's nice. payroll company-wide. I mean, we're wow. talking millions. Yeah. You know, and he was within yeah. that number. And I was like, good job, Jim. Yeah. I said, yeah. I'm disappointed you couldn't get closer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and we see a lot of that variation, right, when it comes to the tail end of a policy because yeah. you kind of uh, identify and estimate what your payrolls will be for the given policy year. Well, think about construction or trucking industries where if you take on a big job middle of the year right. and you don't endorse or change your payrolls midterm, when we get to the end of the policy period and the auditor comes out and they look at the payrolls, what was estimated versus what was right. actual, right. that's when sometimes the situation can get a little gummy or yeah. a little bit passionate. So <laughs> so you guys are doing a fantastic yeah. job of just keeping your payrolls in alignment. And there's ways you can do that uh, with the Council of Flood and Peter, even just Pinnacle. You know, it's uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of... Getting off in the weeds a little bit, you guys, but one of the things that you can tell you're working, this is for our, our employees, and I yeah. guess I, I want to tout ourselves a little bit, and it's only because they don't see what we spend in the workers' comp. And again, I wish Jim was in here, because I'd, I'd tell you we're in the seven to $800,000 mark. We have to be close to that is what we spend for something that we don't use. Right, which Hope not but, to use. but it's but, right, uh, but it's it's the it's in it's, case, right? Yeah. You have to have it. That's the law. But I guess you can have a company that you're working for that will try and cheat exactly what you're talking about, totally. Joe. But when the state comes out and does that audit, they're right. just going to catch up with you. That, so, oh, I was premium. way, I was yeah, way low, off, way off. That's still a lot of money. But that's no, dude, I'm glad you looked that up. No, Thank yeah, you. I know it. So I was just corrected. It's 180,000. But gosh, I'm so one of the main reasons yeah. for that though it's is because experience. your experience mod at right. 0.57 right. is in essence hedging 43 percent of your insurance costs. Uh, so you guys are performing much more better than the yes. average trucking company out there. So kudos to all your efforts there. Yeah, their, well, their, their manual premium would be around 500000 Okay. But thanks to that experience mod and the right. debits you get or credits you get. I know when we tell everyone our experience mod, they look at us and go, how are you that low? That's amazing. They've it's never fantastic. Seen it's that awesome. Low, and it's, I'm just knocking on wood. You know, that's a lot due to this podcast 100%. and the engagement of our employees. And, yep. you know, the safety. We yeah. see something that's wrong. It's like, yeah. hey, we can't do that. Or, you know, we need a program for this. Or we right. need to educate. Or, you know, I mean, we're yep. just, we're engaged, right? And and the bulk of our people are. And I guess that's just a win-win. So we attribute that to it. But I guess I just wanted to point that out there. Yeah. You can tell a, a crappy company if you're working for them, if you hear those things like, oh, the state was out and gave us an audit and, you know, we owe X amount of yeah. money and, you know, they're upset and they have someone that's been off on work comp for six months because he's injured and they don't have a, a, a what was the program called? Cost containment. Cost certified? containment. Yeah. So what that right. is, is some type of work for that employee to come in and do. Mm. You know, we've had it in the years past. Some of our long-term people that have been here, you know, they've seen a person 
may, might be cleaning out the nut and bolt bin in the shop. They sure. might be just chasing a few parts or shredding papers. You know, that's part of our cost containment. Mm. When you're injured, we, we want you here working. We would much rather pay you than comp pay you to stay home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no doubt about it. And, and to your point, when, when we when you guys offer modified duty tasks to keep people engaged with your company during the event of a lost time claim, right? Uh, it's not only good for the the employee to stay engaged with the company because they don't feel like they're on an island by um, alone by themselves, because uh, that's when things can get a little squirrely. So offering that and making sure they're engaged with the workforce here at JFW, right? That's only gonna that's only gonna and and with positive and strong results right. on the claim side. Yeah, so, we've just we've just had amazing luck, you know, working with with Pinnacle over the years and, you know, knock on wood, we've been so blessed uh, to have such great people on our side, yeah. you know, working for us that we've we've in all of these years we've had one claim that was just we mm. could not put it to bed. And right. what I mean is this was a bad guy. Yeah. Mm. He was just a bad there, guy. That happens. Yeah. It was unfortunate. I mean, it's so frustrating because he didn't hurt himself in our truck. He didn't hurt himself in our shop. He didn't hurt himself cleaning out the trailer. He stopped at 7-Eleven to get a hot dog and stepped off the curb and blew out his back. Yeah, and I mean, for 18 months, you guys, we worked on closing this one. And, you know, he had a surgery and then this happened and yeah. then that happened. And then he had another surgery and, yep. you know, obesely overweight, uh, just all of these things that added to it and we're like hey you know we have some work in place stuff he can do we well, can't carry anything great right. he can come in and uh he can count truckloads at this plant yeah well he doesn't have a way to get there we'll send an uber you know i mean yeah. everything yeah. we had a way to rebut everything that he said he couldn't do and you know finally you guys you know pinnacle took over and was like we're done this you you have all these opportunities you know he talking to the to the person and uh, you're not taking advantage yeah. of any of them and and there isn't a person in the world that isn't capable of this. You are capable of this. Right. So it was. It, it took a while, and it was. I had never gone through a process like that yeah. with just a bad guy. And unfortunately, those people live in the world. It happens, right? Yep. It yeah, happens, it and that was. I'm hoping that was our one. <laughs> but I'm sure there's more, you know. But I mean, I just. I guess that's the reason Dave goes through such a process hiring people, and yeah, we have so many great people here is because of that. I hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, you guys keep using the uh, term "experience mod." Can yeah. you explain that to our listeners? What that is? Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll start, and Mike, if you want to add <laughs> yeah. more, I maybe uh, don't fill the holes. But uh, experience mod. Think of it this way, guys. So uh, some of you guys may play golf, or some of you guys may follow baseball. Uh, experience mods is is really you guys' performance or score as an organization based upon what. Uh, the governing body for workers' comp, which is NCCI, the National Council of Compensation Insurance, they sent the benchmark for operations like yourself to say, all right, in the world of trucking, we would anticipate X amount of losses in a given year. And then you guys' performance benchmarks against that on an annual basis. And so NCCI will take a three-year look, excluding the current year, of past performance to say, okay, how did JFW's performance, actual claims performance, perform against the average or benchmark that we set. Mm. So in the in the world of EMODs, 1.00 is even par, and you guys are at a 0.57 or under par. Mm. So for every percentage point you're under par, that's the discount or credit that you get on your workers' compensation policy as Got far it. as a discount. 
anything over par, and, and we've seen it all, guys. We've seen mods north of 2.00, where companies are paying over 100% more than the average at 1.00, and I think we've seen an excess of that. But seen, where you yeah. guys are sitting at a 0.57, I mean, you guys are in essence experiencing a 43% discount off the top line for your workers' compensation premiums, and it's it's mostly attributed to what we're doing today, to your point, Brother Dave, um, your, your safety, your claims management, mm-hmm. uh, even just knowing your payrolls and auditing your policy and having right. a clean policy. Those Deductible. are the steps. And we know you guys have hundreds of things to do on a daily basis, mm-hmm. but just the attention of that, it's, it's obvious that you're meticulous about your work comp program uh, and just making sure communication with Pinnacle yeah. and your agent, Flood and Peterson. If you guys have that, you're ahead of the game. A lot of support. It's a lot of support. It's not, it's not just luck when you have a 0.57 EMOD. And, and to Joe's <laughs> point, I've seen EMODs as high as 3.8. Imagine that. Wow. Imagine having the, to pay over three times what you should pay for your workers' comp. Wow. Those are things that put people out of business. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah. What yeah. industry was that? Was it like I'll, you know, yeah, meat I, cutting or something? It's <laughs> uh, something where they can raise the prices of their tickets and people will still come to their shows. Uh, How's that? Uh, <laughs> to their event, I should say. Yeah, it's and we see that you know on all. That's the one thing that the, the beauty of Pinnacle and knowing we know workers comp not only with our hundred plus years, from a claims management standpoint, knowing all the ins and outs of state statute and how we can manage claims. And I think sometimes there are customers of ours that get passionate about those lost time claims that you guys experienced. Why can't you just go this way? Why can't you just go that way? Right. And a lot of times we're trying, but we're, we're held to state statute and laws right. and regulations where it's like this is the most we can do. As we look to manage this scenario, uh, but at the end of the day, just having that open dialogue um, and knowing, and our big thing is, our, our kind of tagline at Pinnacle is, uh, we protect companies' greatest assets, mm-hmm. and that's their employees. And it's obvious sure. you guys feel the same way Absolutely. with even dialogue like this this morning. But I would say, Mike, I don't know, uh, communication is 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 95% of it. Yeah, it is. Good communication from a safety standpoint, even from a claims management standpoint, really makes a big difference on your workers' compensation premium, at least future ones. And also, you guys are doing a great job. You have a deductible. There's so many places I'll go into, and they don't have a deductible. And a deductible is great. So if you have like a $5,000 deductible, I know this is getting in the weeds, but no, uh, it's, it's any, pertinent. any claim under that that we close or the insurance company closes for under that doesn't go to the NCCI. It doesn't get part of the formula mm-hmm. for, for the calculating your experience. So right. it's kind of a little loophole, right. a good risk management tool, I always tell everyone. Um, and, and you guys have Flood and Peterson as your agent broker, and they do a great job of uh, advising you on what your deductible should be. So That makes a lot and, of sense because... Yeah, I rather spend five thousand dollars knowing it could save hundreds of thousands. Yeah, exactly right, Jam. Then right. Have no deductible and then just. Well, get and it I'll over let Mike head. explain it, Jam, or lay the number out there. I know what our deductible is, but okay. obviously yeah. you've pulled it up. I do if too. You want to share, Mike? I'm it's gone up, you guys. Uh, a few years ago, it was twenty five hundred. <laughs> then it was ten thousand. Now you're at eighteen thousand five hundred. Wow. So that's that's great. That tells me that ownership believes in their safety program and you know we have and they can afford to financially afford to have a claim and and pay for it but that's part of the reason that your experience mod is so low you're protecting that yeah absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. just like with your homeowners insurance the higher deductible you have the less you have to pay but right um but when it comes to workers comp i think that is uh like i said it's like a loophole for 
for lowering your experience mod in addition to safety you just can't have a That's deductible right. you got to have a safety program as well what's the uh, biggest deductible you've seen that that is the biggest right now that we <laughs> deal with. yeah so that that that, that is but, where we max out uh, that is where pinnacle but then there out. are companies that even you know they want to go the next step where they look at large deductible self-insured type programs yeah. right, right. Uh, but from where you guys are at with your program and your business you've got it so dialed that uh, i think the You're way good. you've got it set up today is is, is yes. rock solid rock Super. solid does Pinnacle have any competition here in oh, Colorado? Oh, boy. So let me tell you a little story. We all like stories. So um, as you can, I just reported out, uh, I, I run a sales meeting every week and was given some industry insights to this, to the team yesterday. Um, the commercial property casualty insurance market today uh, is continuing to experience premium increases in all lines except for workers' compensation. And a lot of that is driven through a number of factors. As you can imagine, uh, weather-related events for the property side of things. I mean, we live on the front range of Colorado. Your building's susceptible to it. I'm looking out your window. The wind's already blowing, right? We, we're susceptible to hail. Uh, we're susceptible to heavy snows and those types of things, rain, hail, even some tornadic activity in some places. Well, last year, uh, across the U.S., uh, we experienced our highest amount of catastrophic weather events. Mm. in our history. So in the early 2000s, we would experience about $5 billion catastrophic weather events. Do you guys want to take a guess of what we experienced in 2023? Wow. What year was that? That was in early 2000s. So like from 2000 to 2005, we would see anywhere from five to seven nationwide billion dollar catastrophic uh, weather events. And this is nationwide. 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 So last year, take a guess of how many- uh, Billions? How, how many? How many? How, the number of catastrophic weather events that were oh, in excess of a billion dollars. I'd oh. say fifty. I'll take one more. Fifty-one. So <laughs> <laughs> nice, higher. Jim. So, so last year through the month of October, uh, the United States of America, our nation experienced twenty-three wow. weather-related catastrophic events. <laughs> yeah. So when when you're looking at your property premiums and you're seeing that it's more expensive on the premium side, it's because insurance carriers can't pass that on to reinsurance companies because they're saying, eh, you know, it's just, it's just getting tougher and tougher to insure property across the country. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at commercial auto and general liability in the casualty line suite, uh, we're seeing a lot of just strong litigious, we're in a strong litigious environment. A lot of people are wanting to look for large verdicts when their scenarios present themselves. You guys watch TV late in the evenings or maybe not during the day because we're all working, uh, but you can imagine that the commercials that are out there and, and what they're claiming uh, to be able to get for uh, the people they represent. Some of that's fact, but those large settlements and verdicts, and they define nuclear verdicts as verdicts north of $10 million that are paid out, those are on the rise as well. Sure. So general liability claims are up, um, You know, properties up, commercial auto, as you guys can attest, that is always kind of going up for a variety of reasons. But workers' compensation is the softest line or most competitive line in the insurance industry today and has been for probably the last five or six years, seven right, years, Mike? Seven years, I think. Five to seven years. Okay. So what we're up against, all we write is workers' comp, and we do it the best. We feel we do it for a variety of reasons the best, but we're competing against other insurance carriers that write multiple lines of insurance. Mm. And so they're looking at the portfolio saying, hey, for this client, uh, we want the comp in order to do the property, the GL, mm. the auto. So we are faced with com- competition, but here's some good news. Our retention last year uh, should finish right at 90% or just, wow. just, a, just a tick below. And our new business continues to meet expectations. So I think our name has proven mm-hmm. ourselves to what we do. But uh, but right now, uh, to answer your question, Jam, long answer, uh, we're in a very competitive, from a comp standpoint, 
gotcha. but for those out there evaluating their PNC programs, they could probably attest that the other lines, uh, they may have been seeing increases the last three to five years, and sure. that's why. Sure. So, Joe, over the last seven years, how much uh, has our rates been reduced? Yeah, so every year for the last seven years, this past year we actually remained flat because we feel that, in essence, rates have, in essence, bottomed out in comp. Um, we think that it could possibly turn the other way. And we, we're very cautious. Our actuaries look at about a 10-year run when we're setting rates and so forth for Pinnacle. Uh, but guys, over the, the seven years prior to this past year, Pinnacle has taken a rate reduction every year. And the total of that rate reduction over the, those seven prior years, take a guess. Well, I saw four fingers come up over here. <laughs> But I'm not sure what that meant. 40 or 4? <laughs> yeah. So actually the total was in excess of 40%. 40%. 42%. Okay. So that's right. where you see workers' compensation rates and the exposures are still out there. Yep. The day-in, day-out exposures of a trucking company or a construction company or an oil and gas servicer, uh-huh. those exposures are still out there. It's just the performance of comp because of possibly safety, safety technology, yeah. innovation. Well, that's what I was going to say. Don't you feel some of the decrease yeah. has come because of that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like a little kid, you know, growing up in this industry. I mean, dad would come home and was like, oh, how was your day, dad? Oh, I had a guy slam his finger in the tailgate. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you know, and mm. you'd see pictures. And, and that wasn't when yeah. you pulled out a phone and showed pictures. It was like a Polaroid. Right. Passed around, you, know? <laughs> you see meat hanging off a finger. It's like, yeah. how did he do that? Well, he kept a hold of the only handle on the gate yeah. when it slammed. You know, mm. I mean technology but we were having to clean our trailers out because they were all steel right now we have plastic liners in them all the material slides out now we have product that we spray on the liners that's a release agent that lets the material come you know i mean we're eliminating those things you know had a guy slip and fall he was he was climbing over the sideboard a wooden sideboard and hook his ring on the bolt and you know darn near tear his finger off because the ring hooked right well we have ladders now where we you know we unfold from the side of the trailer we climb in and we climb out and yeah lots of lots of just advancement right technology innovation safety but and all all at the same time medical costs have done what (laughs) yeah they haven't gone down they haven't gone down and and like joe and i will tell our customers like name anything in your life that's gone down 40 percent in the last seven years that you use on a daily (laughs) basis name one thing there isn't nothing Nothing. there isn't right so workers comp has been very fortunate we're in that cycle right now where rates are probably bottoming out so they're going to probably start going back up but yeah, Joe said it's it's tough for us from a competition standpoint when a, a multi-line insurance carrier could come in and, and lowball their workers' comp and sure. knock us out of the right. competition because they're writing their property, general liability, and auto coverages. Yeah, I mean, just Are, I, I just want to dive into that so everyone understands that. Sure. That's you guys just competing that's for it. the workers' comp. Yeah, that's, exactly that's all we right. do. And what you're talking about is a, is a flood and peat. Right, I'll just use them as an yeah, example. Sure. Coming in and, and going to a new customer, say they go to one of our competitors and go, "Hey, we're going to write your workers' comp, your general liability, mm-hmm. your auto insurance, and we're going to charge you this much." But because it's new business, it's that this is what we can cut type right. deal, right? We want the new business, so yeah. So and and Flood and Pete's like cut. the middleman; they'll 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 set you up with an insurance company. So right, they're the ones who right. find you. They don't put right. the rates, but they'll yeah, right. like, to your point, yeah, right. they yeah. can yeah. say yeah. we got an insurance carrier here that's going to. Do this right uh, exactly and a lot of times guys what we see and that's why like we can attest to our attention is even if there is a lower quote on on the workers comp from a competitive carrier a lot of times companies will evaluate like we have a relationship with our claims rep direct mm-hmm. we have a, a relationship with michael hayden the safety guy that's coming out and what is that worth 
And a lot of times, even though we, our renewal might even be in excess of what a competitor is presenting premium-wise, they know the value that, that we bring, right. Right. and that's the key to it. Sure. That's the total key to it. Absolutely. Because there's more to it than just upfront premium costs. Yeah, oh, is. absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's something you just learn after years in business. <laughs> you know, when we made the move to Eric with Flood and Pete, it was, it was a difficult decision it's a big for decision. us. I mean, Jim and I pretty well drove Eric off for two years <laughs> because we had dealt with our own agent for 30 years. That's right. Right? I mean, we, we grew up going Change. using this agent. Yeah. Right? Loy- Change is hard. He, yeah, there was, I mean, we have a lot of loyalty in what we do, right? Sure. That's one of our, our strongholds in our, in our business. That's yeah. what Jim and I pride ourselves in. And uh, yeah, I mean, Eric, God bless him, man. He, he took a beat in that first year and he came back <laughs> year two. And yeah. I, Jim and I were pretty well jerks to him, and we're we're really not those kind of people, you know. And, <laughs> and it was like, listen, dude, we're we are not interested. We're not changing, you know. And he's like, well, let me just get you some info. And I mean, Eric, he was good. Yeah, he, he is and good. he's just a good person, yeah. right? Yeah. And he was able, you know, is are you getting this service? Are you getting this? And it's like, you know, Jim and I, are, a couple of those drives home, we're like, hey, you know, what do you think of that? We're, yeah. we, we're not getting this. What, did, what do you think about that? Yeah. Flood and Pete is offering this, and we're not getting that. And, you know, there was just those a couple of those aha conversations. For sure. You know, and then it came time to renewal, and we really weren't going to get a quote from Eric. And Jim and I were like, we should really, it's just smart business. We should get a quote. And then it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, uh and, and that's the sign of a, of a good agent and broker, persistence, yeah. willing to be yes. on the on-deck circle. What's great about Eric, though, he didn't just get the business and run. Like, when there's a problem and he sees it on an email, he's I mean, on it. he's it's on either it. a phone call or email, right. like, within 30 seconds of, <laughs> that's right. of yeah. hitting the send button. It's like, is there something I need to know <laughs> about? Right. You know, That's so, what you want. You, yeah. you want an yeah. advocate like yeah. that. He's great. He's awesome. He's great. That's why he has the highest number. <laughs> wait, so, wait there, Jam. Man. Wait, wait, Jam. He's working, you guys. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm sure the listeners have picked up what workmen, workers' compensation is. Sure. But what is it important for employees to know about the process of a workers' comp claim? Like, they yeah. get injured today. What what needs to happen? Well, yeah, definitely a couple of things that we've learned that's really important from a workers' comp standpoint is report all ex- incidents and accidents right away. Mm-hmm. Don't, Don't sit on it for a week or a month and then say, oh, I hurt my finger last month. Right. It's just it's much easier for the claims rep and your employer to deal with a claim if you tell us right away. Um, even those are near misses. Don't have to be an accident. It could be a hey, I almost slipped and f- I did slip and fall, but I'm okay back mm. in the wash bag. Sure, but I'm good. But hey, that lets us know that hey, maybe we have a problem back there that we need to look at. So right. those near misses, report those. And and from an employer standpoint or workers' comp standpoint, those zero dollar claims that you report to us near misses, they don't they don't hurt you at all from a from a premium standpoint or an EMOD sure. standpoint or an EMOD. Yeah, so it's good just from a data standpoint because we can pull great loss runs and hopefully identify some areas that we are having near misses which i mean it's tougher for a trucking industry because Mm -hmm. you guys are not always in the same building but it's good to know because certain things like hey we were putting the chains on the tire and i slipped and fell okay well what type of shoes you have and all that right but so yeah going back to the question i guess yeah report accidents incidents immediately to whoever at your company needs you your supervisor what, um, what, if, what yeah. if you witness, like I, I watched yeah. Super Dave fall down three times last week. <laughs> and Super Dave. Nev- That's why Super Dave. He never yeah. reported it. Is that something I should report to a supervisor? Like, hey, you well, know, I saw Joe fall off his trailer the other day. I think so, yeah. I mean, definitely talk to the person that was involved in it, too, so they know you're doing it. Okay. But it's good to have witness reports, too, because sure. we learn a lot from seeing something and, uh, le- and, and learning what exactly happened. Okay. 
Was Super Dave falling down after lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Yeah, yeah. You know I go out to lunch every day. Don't I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tie one on and come back uh, to the office. Yeah. How are you guys doing? <laughs> what is what, what's important for the employer to know about workers' comp? Ooh. Do you want to handle that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of I'll go. And it kind of goes back to what we talked yeah. about. And I think just being aligned with the policy life cycle. Uh, you know, from the, from the front end, getting the policy renewed, making sure everything's in alignment from a payroll standpoint, which you guys are doing an impeccable job of. And then during the course of the policy period, engaging with safety, making sure if there are claims, you're aware of those claims, taking advantage of our policyholder portal and uh, reviewing any information that's out there on your policy as far as what is out there claims-wise and having having line of sight of that, engaging with our claims team and engaging with safety. If yep. safety can assist on certain things uh, and you guys would like some insights on, you know, maybe there's some new PPE or something out there that you guys can leverage, mm-hmm. that's what they're there for. Uh, return to work specialists. If you guys have a return to work program, which you obviously do because you're cost containment certified, right. if you need to make updates to that or talk about other modified duty tasks, they can assist with that. And that's kind of during the, the life cycle of the policy. And then at the end, we've talked a little bit about the audit process and making sure that you're you're tying up that policy period going into the new year. That would ha- that'd be what I would encourage is just, you guys are obviously in tune with your program uh, just from, from start, middle, and finish. If you're doing those things, you're you're far and above ahead of a lot of people and how they're running their work comp program. Mike, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, a couple of little things. It, when you do have claims, stay in communication with your claims rep, and not only for the employer, but for the injured worker. Because mm. um, they that, that's a big thing I see is like, hey, we haven't talked to a claims rep in the last six months, and we have this big claim. Well, give them a call. Sure. Send them an hey, email. They're, all our claims We're, reps are willing to talk to them, yeah. you know, to our customers. We're and help very them out. engaged in that. And I, I mean, it's been years and years and years, but, you know, again, we had a, a situation where, you know, this this gentleman was saying, Hey, I'm injured. I'm injured. You know, I can't come to work. I'm right. You know, and he gets a little bit of a deal where I, you know, I can't hold 10 pounds or five pounds sure. or I can't drive my back, whatever the issue was. And we got to nose around on Facebook and, you know, oh, yeah. he was well enough to take a motorcycle ride from Denver down to, uh, uh, New Mexico oh. on a on some run down there and sure. you know come back on a Monday and all of a sudden everything was fine to ride that right yeah, with his back there but he can't sit in a truck it's like mm-hmm. well you know so we kind of turned that in and let the yeah. agent know that yeah and they're like oh this is very helpful <laughs> so I don't know if you guys knew this or not but this is kind of a sexy edge of workers compensation <laughs> so at Pinnacle we have a uh, what's called our SIU department and it's our special investigations unit. Mm-hmm. And so if our claims adjusters have reason to believe that a lot of times, and this was a question, we may get to it, but you know, fraudulent versus, there's a term called malingering, and that is more characteristic of, of work comp claims, not so much fraudulent, but more malingering, like, hey, how can I dodge the system kind of a, a right. strategy or approach from right. the injured worker? Uh, but when necessary, if the uh, claims rep and, and the customer feel that there is some foul play uh, that's going on out there, uh, SIU can be leveraged. I'd want to work in that unit. Yeah. yeah. That sounds, do, do you guys get guns for that position? Well, there's, I don't believe they're armed. I, I don't believe they're armed, Jim. But, uh, but no, like, guys, we've, we've sent, and uh, most of it's third party. Yeah. But we will send out um, uh, surveillance yeah. if we do feel there's foul play in line. Sure. But what's wild, guys, is we actually have a, a training, a safety training on this where uh, it was video license surveillance, yep. I think, is the topic. Video and, license. Yep. And it was a training we used to do at Pinnacle. And we actually had video footage. Catch, catch this. It's it's stock show time of year. 
But we had a gal that was suffering from, I can't remember her last time, kind of a shoulder or back. But she literally was practicing her barrel racing. <laughs> and we had video footage of that. And wow. we presented it in court. Yep. And we still didn't get the verdict that we wanted. Really? So that just goes to show you guys, there's a lot of... There's a lot of I's that need to be dotted, T's crossed as far as the litigation and or rules and regs in comp. We'll do all that we can on behalf of our client that's in play, but we will take those extra steps. Yeah. Mike, anything to add to that? No, yeah. And, and like you said, Joe, the workers' comp is really set up for the employee, to protect the employee. And that's yes, why a lot of absolutely. times it's hard to prove or disprove something with an employee. So you just got to keep that in mind. So, um, But yeah, I've, I've heard cases like that where they're like, they get in front of the judge and the judge is like, on this video, you look fine, and he'll say, "I felt good that day." <laughs> and that's it, yeah. right? And they're like the rest days, I usually don't feel that good. So, right. Wow. But you know, that's one of the reasons we have the modified duty status. Yeah. Yes. Right? That's why Come you want to use it. Come you're, in. You're with that employee, and yep. you talk to them, see how they're doing. Right. Have that's that right. engagement, communication. So. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. And and we're talking about you know the ugly side of it. That's mm -hmm. right. That doesn't happen that often. No. Right. In right? fact, very rarely. I think yeah. one of the questions yeah. that I think that was posed is. You know, fraudulent claim. It's 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 single digit percentage right. under five percent. I bet. Wow. Yeah. But every every company has a story. Anyone I go into <laughs> yeah. has a story they want to tell me about a fraudulent or questionable claims or whatever. Malingering right. it was malingering. Yeah, yeah, malingering. that's a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the injured worker guide states that you must report your injury to your employer in writing via incident report within ten days of your injury. What happens if you don't? Yeah, and uh, we, we asked, uh, Joe and I asked one of our claims reps for this, so uh, thank you. Um, Jessica yeah, Wareham. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> yeah, Je thanks, Jessica. The uh, state of Colorado can assess a penalty up to $1,000 per day if you do not meet this requirement, but is it done that often? Probably not. It's very rare. So it would be assessed to the it, injured worker? Uh, no, to the employer. Yeah, to the employer. For not reporting. Oh, gotcha. But what about the employee? I get hurt today and I don't say anything about it. Yeah, the, you, you have time. Um, I think the state's new law says you have 10 days to report a claim to your employer, but I think actually you have longer than that. I think by, uh, you know, there's some, there's some laws. But uh, yeah, ideally we want at Pinnacle, I always tell everyone from an employer standpoint, report claims to Pinnacle within two days, which is tough to do. You guys are really good about it. Um, but yeah, it, it just it just helps because if you wait ten days and then try to do an accident investigation, right? It's hard. The information to get, gets stale. Yeah, we try and tell all. I mean, the minute you're injured, they need to let us know. That's right. Yeah, while well, right. the memory's fresh, we need to know now. Right? Yeah, that's the gold standard. And our big thing is, like you said, it may not have happened in our wash bay. It's not an right. area we can go out to. So if we're sending thirty trucks to this location and this is a bad spot, or you know, we'd like I, to know about whatever it. the situation, right? Yeah. We need to investigate yeah. it and solve it before another incident yes. happens. Exactly. That's it's right. just it's just like you know, if we have somebody back into a bin at one of the plants. And they come in and they tell us at the end of the day that, hey, on my first run, I backed into a bin at plant two. It's like, well, what did you wait till today to right. tell right. us? I mean, right. till, till now. Like, right. we probably would have came out or we may have done an investigation, investigation or, yeah. you know, or anything. I mean, we've had them come two days later and it's like, well, we need to know right away. That's right. Like, don't even leave until we know about it. Right. So. And if it's an injury and you wait two weeks, I mean, just think about from a medical standpoint. Maybe there's infection. Maybe you, know, you don't know. It so, just doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah, make sense. Right. And you and I, guys are all over it. And I've been in insurance for way too long, over 30 years. And I always heard, even from when I started, they're like, the sooner we get a claim from, this is the insurance company saying, the sooner we get, sooner we get a claim, the less costly it's going to be. 
Right. So I was like, well, at Pinnacle, we have all this data. And so I have access to it. So a couple before the pandemic, 2019, <laughs> I'm like, let me look at the last five years of data we had. Claims. We have about 40,000 claims a year. Wow. Pinnacle does. We have, what, 55,000 customers. So yeah. it's not just all Just over 52,000 active 52 customers. Right now. So, wow. um, and, and we are one customer. And you one are one AI of them. single right. customer. Correct. Yeah. Right. So out of all that 200,000 claims over five years, I said, okay, let's look at a claim and see what the average cost is that's reported to us within two days. The average cost at this time was about $7,400 per claim that was reported to us within two days. If I looked at any claim, the cost going three days out or greater, it went up 15.15%. Wow. If wow. I went 10 days, which now the state says that's what you have, 10 days went up 24% really? for the average cost of claim. So, and then thir- if I, I went 20 days and it went up 34%. So you can see the further you get out, don't ask me why it is. Right. Uh-huh. It's just statistics. The further you get away from the numbers. date. That's right. Yeah. Numbers so don't lie. Data's numbers yeah, don't data lie. Data yeah. right. <laughs> that's interesting. So it's kind of interesting. So that's probably one of the reasons us insurance companies say, hey, report claims to us as soon as possible. That's right. right. Just helps keep the total cost. It's down. a win-win for everybody. Yeah. So do you guys think that workmen comp docs, workers comp docs run up bills by scheduling excessive appointments? And I made a note. We have had a few employees that say they're fine and they want to cancel the appointment, but we have to no show them. You know, yes. we just had a we just had one of our drivers. She got rear-ended on I seventy, pretty bad. It was a significant accident. Dad, uh, you know, cut the guy out of the car that hit her. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big deal. The highway was shut down. She was fine that night. The next day, she decided, you know what, I want to go get seen. Great, we sent her down yeah. to aviation. And then, you know, weeks later, I mean, she was completely fine. And she's telling them, like, hey, I want to cancel my appointment. They're like, no, you got to come in. And she's like, no, really, like, I'm good. And they're like, no, really. So she ended up just, like, no-showing them because they wouldn't listen to her. Yeah, what we always tell our customers (laughs) is if you have employees or injured workers like that, communicate with your claims rep, and they can deal with, like, canceling appointments. So we should have called you guys. Yeah, I should have called the claims rep probably and and talked to them and have them talk to the doctors maybe yeah. they even talk to the injured worker and yeah. just confirm some things so they know that that individual is in a good spot sure let's look at the medical treatment plan perhaps yeah. we can move this down the road sooner or expedite it quicker and a quicker sure yeah. yeah i didn't even know we had a claims rep i thought we had yeah. a doctor yeah. you know so might have a couple I, you know what's <laughs> wild is uh is so at pinnacle uh, amongst this the teams and how we're set up to do business uh, not only do you have medic or claims reps you've got a lost time claims rep in the event yep. there's a lost time claim where people are away from work uh, you've got a med only claims rep. Yeah. We introduced uh, complex claims reps. So we'll look at more sophisticated uh, files. But then we also introduced about two years ago, and shout out, um, a bilingual claims rep. Okay. Oh. And what's awesome about that is a lot of times what we found is uh, for those that may be Spanish speaking employees, the bridge of communication. Mm-hmm was a challenge and then when they they didn't know what was going on then they would seek outside assistance perhaps through legal representation right. or attorney so our actual attorney represent representation amongst our spanish speaking claimants has dropped dramatically I bet. Oh, and our great. results have as actually performed better because Smart. that communication breakdown has right. just gotten stronger because we have these bilingual uh, claims reps that can assist so you've got a whole team um, for jfw Very so smart. just reach out and let us know how we can Sweet. help that's yeah. awesome okay uh, what's the most interesting or even funny <laughs> workers' comp claim you've seen? Mike, you go first. Okay. I got a, I got a couple. I, I talked to <laughs> Jessica, and she said that this was on someone else's desk. It's a trucking claim. So a truck driver's driving down the road, and a wild turkey flew into its windshield, broke the windshield. Not a bottle so, of wild turkey. <laughs> yeah, not a bottle of wild An actual wild turkey. 
um, flew into this windshield, so like a bird strike, and uh, broke the windshield, and the injured worker had some fragments of glass on him. Oh, wow, that is Uh, funny. Another one I had, um, this happened to one of my customers like last year, and it was, they're, they're based here in Denver, but they had a location in Durango, so one of the employees flew out to Durango handle whatever they were doing at the end of the day they were supposed to fly back but when they were going to fly back there was a storm or something so the plane that the flight was canceled and the employer's like well just stay there overnight again and you know go get dinner so he went to go get dinner and during dinner he choked like choked on a piece oh, of right. food and someone had to give him the heimlich re- oh maneuver. wow <laughs> so now is that a work comp claim or not right it's right. but he was well, in the you're on duty co- course and duty of his job right right so wow. it, it ended up being a work comp claim they took him to the emergency room and he was fine but you just yeah. never know never, what yeah. these strange things yeah. will happen we had an owl strike oh wow one yeah, of the dri- trucks yeah driver wasn't injured but yeah took out the visor the passenger window stack it owls was, are big it was a mess wow yeah yeah <clears throat> i remember driver was okay yeah yeah he was yeah. fine scared Oh, owl I can only imagine. He probably <laughs> owl survivor. Yeah. No, oh, okay. Yeah, owl <laughs> when I was over the road, I, I had a pheasant, right? But the pheasant got caught in my CB antenna, so it was like fifty miles. No. I was driving with this pheasant, just just like, hanging there, just hanging there and blowing. I'm like, what the heck? Did it ever come free? Or? Yeah, it ended yeah, up yeah. coming free, but you just touched the accelerator a little more, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, I was maxed out. Yeah. <laughs> If I knew if I knew how good they were, you know, because right. I've only that's, had pheasants for the first right. time, I would have pulled over and got it. Uh, Do you have one, Joe? I'm sorry. I had one. Uh, we had a, a client that was looking to come to us, so we were reviewing their loss runs. And uh, in reviewing the loss runs, this was a food manufacturer. And they had, a, obviously, a restroom at their facility. Well, the claim didn't happen in the manufacturing process. Uh, the employee went into the restroom. Well, the floor was wet around the toilet. And they did their business, and coming off the toilet, they slipped on the uh, the water or whatever there was, the slip surface, ended up hitting their buttocks and head on the toilet. Oh, oh no. no. Which didn't result. It was a small med-only claim, but, yeah, we see it all, guys. <laughs> a, what, a what-only claim? Uh, a medical-only claim. Oh, so med that only. would just be, you know, any repairs that need to be done in, in short order versus any missing time. Or Put a Band-Aid time. on his butt. Put a Band-Aid on there and get him back to work. Gotcha. That's it, buddy. <laughs> That's funny. Michael, can you review the claim analysis and yeah. the and discuss the types of claims, frequency, severity for Pinnacle's trucking book of business. I did, yeah. So trucking has a class code, and that's how workers' comp works, based on your class code. And I pulled your class code, which is 7219. More information you want to know, that's trucking. (laughs) (laughs) And so you guys are going to be underwriters by the time we're through it. Yeah, I know that. That's right. We all know. (laughs) We are 7219. There you go. We all know 8810's clerical. There you go, guys. 8742 still. 7219, of course, trucking. Oh, yeah, guys. So I pulled the data for that class code over the last, since actually 2021. So from January 2021 till December 2023, so what is that, about two, three years, um, 733 claims out of all our trucking business, and uh, 733 claims. What do you, you guys think the average cost of a claim was for us? $7,400. That's very good. <laughs> yes, that is, because I, I gave it. you that number Using earlier. the data. I'm going to go with 3500 for some reason. I am really close. It's actually $32,000. And know why? Because you're trucking, you have you have yeah, you get some big claims with rollovers and wow. you know multi-million. Gotcha. We, during that time we had a 1.8 million dollar claim. Wow. Next one was a 1.5 million, your five biggest, not yours, but the trucking industry and so you get some big ones. Obviously most of them are less yeah. than that. Sure. Like all averages, they get skewed They by get the skewed extreme. by those That's couple exactly of big right. ones, those big outliers yeah. and uh yeah. 
Yeah, so going back to what Joe was saying, we have medical-only claims. Those are like I cut my finger, got stitches, went right back to work. And we call, and then we have our more complex claims, the indemnity claims. That's where someone's missing work, mm. and they get paid to miss work, right? Or you get right. paid for the time you miss work. Not, sure. So forty-one uh, percent of all the claims were indemnity. So that, those were more severe, and that was what drive the costs. So that's kind of high level. Looking at what type of claims, you guys can tell me what types, like slips, falls, strains. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Slip falls and strains. No, exactly. Not, What's number one for trucking? Uh, I would say slip and fall. I would say back yeah. injuries. So strains. Strains yeah. are number one. Uh, frequency followed by yeah. Super Dave said. I've had to review those when I've done the cost containment. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> slip falls. Look at you. <laughs> slip falls are your third most frequent claim is a vehicle accident which yeah. makes sense we're trusting right, right? Sure. right. yeah um so those are the three most frequent type claims strains slips and falls and vehicle the most costly in this book of business is vehicle accidents because sure. those are where our heavier the, the 1.5 million claim right. yeah and then yeah, probably that 1.5 was a vehicle incident yeah. and then strains are number two followed by slips and falls so uh -huh. when you're always talking to your employees obviously driving safety is a three big part of it contact. three points oh, of contact we talk about one. that all yeah. the time yeah, yeah we sure do yeah that's huge yeah slips and falls out of vehicles is 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 big um when they're putting their um you know going up in the snow in the mountains and putting on their chains chain thank yeah. you chains uh yeah they get out and they can slip and fall there easily right, right. so Absolutely. yeah always paying attention um, so those were like the top three. Now I'm going to give you guys another thing. What body parts do you think are the most often injured? Back, fingers. <laughs> that, that's exactly. I was going to say the same thing, Jim. And I'm looking for my answers It's here. like the family feud. What's the number one yeah, answer? Yeah, I was trying to make it more. <laughs> yeah, so number backs one. Backs and fingers, backs and fingers. Yeah, <laughs> here's, here's the top five. Number one, shoulders. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, shoulders at uh, 12%. Yeah. Number two, lower back. Number three, knee. Huh. Number four, skull. Wow. Probably from slips and Slip falls. And falls. Yeah. Right. 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 And yeah. then number five, hand. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it would be interesting to just compare this last year, 2023, to go back in time and see whether your shoulder injuries and your knee injuries have lessened. And mm -hmm. I guess I'm relating that to the the advent of the automated transmissions. Oh, now, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're not shifting anymore. You're not working that clutch pedal. I wonder yeah. if, right. if that has lessened any and of that. And what's that all? lowering the on the trailer? The uh, your landing, oh, legs. landing legs. Yeah, landing right. legs. That I think right. that's easier now. It's for some be it, sure. some trailers I've sure. heard, but that's a big one where right. us old guys like yeah. myself yeah. get out. Yeah. And then you're like, ah, oh, my shoulder. Right. Yeah. All those no things. I think technology and just like have helped with that. I well, I would yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have you know the the advent for the older truck drivers, and I'm I'm going back to the. Mm -hmm probably guys in their 60s now right that they ran some old school equipment if they've driven for 35 40 right. years 50 years whatever the case may be you know when they came into our fleet and uh we started getting the automated transmissions they're like no i want to shift that truck and i'm a driver and blah 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 and, you know they would come in after 12 hours and be exhausted yeah you put them in that tr in the new truck with the automated transmission and they would come in at the end of the day like I feel, I feel great. great. <laughs> My shoulder doesn't hurt. Yeah. My, I had no idea how easy this was. This is great, you know. Yeah, and it, it was, just, it was. You wouldn't think you could take that guy, and we would, we would have him go. Just try it for a week. Just, just try it for a week, you know. And that was when our fleet was, you know, we started fairly new with it, and you know, then we were half, and got, we're a hundred percent now. It's a hundred percent automated. There's no. That's well, we have one, right? Twenty-three, two, two. two. two oh, yeah. TNT, TNT twenty-three. Yeah. yeah. So. Yep. Awesome. What those, happened? Are, those are spare trucks. 
Do, have you ever had a, a coworker at Pinnacle have a, a, a workers' comp claim? And then, <laughs> and then, if you do, do you guys kind of like shun them and like? Yeah, yeah we do. No, we yeah we. Uh, I don't know how many claims we have a year, but we do have some workers' comp claims at yeah. Pinnacle from our employees. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not privy to that information. I don't think our <laughs> team has <laughs> as far yeah. as agency sales. Yeah, and I haven't heard too many in safety. safety. So. Like you're not going to file that, are you? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But our, our biggest exposure, just Easy Joe, jam. Joe's Easy biggest jam. exposure and, and safety is the same as yours. It's driving. Yeah, gotcha. sure. we're out there driving sure. with the crazy people in yeah. Colorado and the aggressive in and out drivers. Facilities. Yeah, yeah. In and out. So, huh. Michael, what kind of or how can Pinnacle Safety Service services help with claims prevention? And what yeah. kind of safety resources do you guys have to prevent accidents? Well, I always think the number one safety resources is people like myself, the other safety consultants. And, sure. and working with our customers, I, I, one of the best part of my job is actually sitting down at a table with one of our customers and talking to them about their safety efforts and what can we do to help them. Um, so I think just meeting with us either virtually or in person, every one of our policyholders has a safety consultant assigned to them believe it or not. So I have like a book of business of like 4,000 customers that I oh, wow. that re, that I could deal with. Obviously, I probably deal with probably like 100, 150 of them. Sure. But um, we're there for any of them. Uh, we do have some safety resources that include, uh, we just started, launched our new learning management system. It's called Safety Education Online. Mm. It's basically videos and things you can borrow or download um, and use them to educate yourself, to educate employees or educate the employees. Uh, we also have just some general resources on our website. We also help our customers get cost containment certified. So if you're not cost containment certified, we have templates that can have all the steps in place. It's pretty easy. You just got to actually do it right. and have the uh, culture to do it. So yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing is just reach out to your safety consultant if you have any questions because we're there to help you guys. Do you know who our safety consultant is? Yes, I do. It's not myself, but uh, it is Bronwyn Kalish. Gotcha. She's great. Because I'm just really curious, good. and I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but I've never seen anybody from Pinnacle yeah. Insurance out here. Ever. Well, till today. Till today. <laughs> till today, yeah. yeah. No, we, you know. We've had a team come and meet with us in the past. How long ago? You didn't I, work here. <laughs> so, so not in the last five years. Yeah, definitely right? so, yeah, it's been I would the, probably say not in the last 10. Jim. Right. Yeah. And is it because we're not reaching out asking them to come? Or? I think you guys are doing so well. Okay. Well, a lot of times customers will facilitate a lot of the dialogue through their agent and broker. Yeah, absolutely. And then they'll engage if necessary with us. And also, in addition to Pinnacle, I'll put a plug out for Flood and Peterson. Mm -hmm. uh, they do monthly outreaches mm -hmm. uh, through their safety department as yeah, well. Right. They've got a safety services team as well. And those topics can vary from OSHA re uh, re reporting um, to all different types of topics. Sure. They also do every October uh, the F&P Symposium. And I don't know if you guys have attended that, did. but it's like uh, pretty much an all-day event mm -hmm. up in northern Colorado, and they have a variety of topics that people present out on, and there's a lot of exhibitors there, insurance right. carriers and, and right. vendors and so forth, but uh, a yeah, wealth of resources between what Flood and Peterson and Pinnacle bring to the table. Yeah. You guys yeah. are in good hands. Yeah, we broke out our staff and you know sent. Sweet. Kind of fingered out on, oh, you need to go to this one, you need <laughs> yeah. to go to this one, you need to go to this one. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, they do good a great stuff. job with that. Uh, it's like a risk management symposium. Or yeah. Symposium. Well, they, now it's just, it's just, they call it just a symposium. Symposium, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really variety good. of topics. Do uh, Does the Pinnacle team have anything else you want to talk about today? I Before? would just like to say thank you guys. Um, you know, JFW has been a client for north of 20 years. 
and uh, your results speak for themselves. Obviously, we're sitting down with an organization that takes workers' compensation and safety of your employees seriously. In fact, even walking in, I'm going to take a picture of it on my way out. You've got that sign that says safety's not in the rearview mirror or something to that effect. Safety has no blind spots. Safety has no blind spots. Yeah, bracelets. So I'm going I'm to take a picture of that. But, uh, but yeah, guys, you guys are doing a great job. And if there's anything we can do to help you, uh, Team Flood and Peterson, Pinnacle Assurance, we're here to help you guys. So yeah. thank you. Great. I, I have one more question for you that came up, and I don't I don't even know what I'm asking here, Joe, but you, my ears kind of tipped because yeah. you mentioned something about that you guys work at the Capitol and you work with possibly the legislators or what yeah. – what, give, give me some information yeah, so, on that. Yeah, so given our alignment with the – Anybody that I know at the Capitol right now on our side is getting – Shit, yeah, right? so I mean, we, not, we've got a team not good for us. We've got a team at Pinnacle. <laughs> it's our public affairs team, and, okay. and Wes Parham's the VP of Public Affairs. He was actually at the Biz and Boots event on Friday down okay. at the stock show. But we are constantly in communication at the Capitol. Um, you know, given our alignment with the state of Colorado, we act as the assured source for work comp here in the state, um, and so we'll, we fulfill that with them. So we're always in constant communication with them around what that's looking like. If there's the opportunity for possible changes uh, for us to be able to broaden our wings, possibly outside of Colorado, uh, but we would have to get their formal buy-in in order to yeah. do that. And oh, we, interesting. And we've tried that uh, since I've been at Pinnacle. We've tried it at least three times to see if we could still act as the assured source for the state of Colorado, but also look to privatize and compete in other states on our own work comp paper. Sure. Uh, but the, I think down at the legislature and the Capitol, we, we haven't gotten there yet. That would just merely allow us to go out into other states and compete on a more aggressive platform. Understood. Uh, and so we would welcome the opportunity for that, uh, but we also know that uh, there's a number of fingers in that pot, as you can imagine, right. uh, down there. Now with that, do you guys, is there ever, I don't even know if I'm going to ask this right, Yeah. ever a law or something that's going to come into play that you guys look at and go, oh, this is bad, this is bad. And you, you lobby yeah. against it or something that's really good, which I don't know what's come out of the Capitol that's been any good for anyone in the last. Yeah. So great line of sight. So years, we but. are active down there mm -hmm. uh, when bills do get presented with regards to any ties to workers' compensation, any aspect of it. So that's another reason our public affairs team is actively involved down at okay. the Capitol is understanding those bills that are being presented on either side, knowing how that aligns with Pinnacle, our customers, our clients, uh, those that are, interact with Pinnacle. Uh, so we have, we definitely have line of sight when, uh, when, when it's in session down there. We're just, we're, we're very active, making Good. sure that we've got line of sight of any bills that are presented, how that could impact our book of business, our clients, and our operations. No doubt about it. Great, thank yeah. you. And one more thing, like at Pinnacle, we do have a CEO, mm -hmm. but the CEO reports to a board of directors, ah. and every member of the board of directors is appointed by the governor That's of Colorado. Right. Oh, wow. oh wow! Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, say that again. <laughs> so we have a CEO. Now, now we're on record. Mike. Exactly. We have a CEO, and the CEO reports to the board of directors yeah. at Pinnacle, and the board of directors are all appointed by the governor. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you love that, government. don't you? That's baby. why you say you're. Quasi that's why we're quasi government. Look at you guys. Right. Look at you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Well, Joe, not only were you the 2023 Person of the Year. Not only are you a Texas Hold'em dealer, but you are a musician as well. Yeah, it's scary, guys. So uh, I think we're going to have you play a song. Yeah, I, I brought a song today to play. I don't know if music's been on the uh, Channel 23 this, podcast. This will be a first. I mean, this I know you're going for first. votes. Maybe this will take you over the top. I don't Maybe. know. If I get a recording deal, you guys are coming on tour. <laughs> yes. As you're setting up, let's do the tips and tricks as he's oh, setting yeah, up perfect. the song here. So tips and tricks from Ray Davis. Uh, tips and tricks for the fleet. We're going to talk about freezing weather pre and post trips. 
In these freezing temperatures, it is super important that you are prepared the night before and your post-trip for these extra cold days. Make sure you drain the air completely out of your tanks and getting all that air and moisture out of your tanks will make it so you don't get any ice in your lines and plug up a valve or get a valve stuck open or closed when you start your freezing morning. When pulling forward, make sure your brakes are unlocked and your wheels are turning before driving out of your parking spot. Sometimes it is hard to see when it's dark in the mornings. If you have your four ways on, it makes it easier to see from flashing lights to see your rear wheels turning. If you are stuck and can't get your brakes to unlock, walk to the shop and let a mechanic know. Don't call over the radio. He may be under another truck. Talk to him and see what he would like you to do. When you are doing sand, make sure you pre-treat your trailer with release agent to help your loads not stick. As, as for your loads, landing gear back. Remember, weight stuck in the nose is a good way to tip your trailer. If your load is frozen and you have to change material, you need to get that out before loading any other material. If you have a lot stuck and you can't get it all out, call dispatch, let them know the issue, and see if you can do the same material, and hopefully it warms up and breaks free. Never stand in front of the gate with the trailer up, seeing if the material has fallen out, or slam the gate trying to break free a bunch of material. Because if it does break free and you're standing there, the material can come out and hit you. Let's be safe and smart. Pre-trip and post-trip maintenance for freezing temperatures will help you on these cold freezing days. Remember to set your gate on the outside of your dogs the night before. And then for trainer tips. I, Jam, I want to jump in there. Jump in. Monday, it's supposed to be a high of four degrees Ooh, and wow. six below Ooh. Monday morning. So yeah. if we do anything Monday, yep. we it's that cold weather is just a whole nother level yep. of what we what we fight. Those. Yep. Those trucks don't like cold weather no. any better than we yep. do. They're not a car. You yep. know, we, we talk about it all the time. You don't just jump out of bed and run a marathon. Well, no. those trucks, they're not just going to fire up and drive right out of the yard, right? They got, they have to warm up. Yep. They have to, you know, go through their motions and yep. start up. And They have to start. <laughs> how long do they warm? How long do you guys like with temperatures like that? How long do you, do you get the trucks warmed up? I mean, honestly, Joe, the technology is so great. I, I mean... They'll fire up. You let them run a few minutes, and, and they're ready to go. I mean, they're yeah. they're literally yeah. like a car. Yeah. Now. The bi- yeah. the biggest problem on these cold days is the air systems. Yeah. Um, when you compress air, it creates moisture, right? Um, and the air systems run the transmissions. They yeah. run the brake systems, and they're all connected by one quarter inch plastic lines <laughs> that go back. <laughs> they to, freeze and, up. And oh man. <laughs> yeah. How do they do? Are there, they're like. Uh, Defrosters or warmers within those units to keep those units warm. So there's or? an air dryer. The air compressor yeah. builds the air and sends it to what's called an air dryer. Got it. Those yeah. have filters in them that catch any moisture, Got any it. oil, yeah. any contaminants. <laughs> we change those filters annually. Yep. You know, which is more than they even recommend. But like Dave's saying, it runs our whole system, yeah. right? And and we have a lot more air needs than the average freight company. Yeah. You know, you'll see over the road trucks running down the road and. They just don't use that much air. Well, our our not only are our trucks air ride, but our trailers are air ride. Yeah. They have lift axles on them. So when we're empty, we don't feel it's necessary that that front axle be on the ground. So we lift it off the ground. To engage our PTOs is an air switch. And then to raise our trailers is an air switch. We have to deflate our bags and then we have to re-inflate our bags because if you have air in those bags when you go to dump and you're off kilter a little bit, that makes it lean. 
right? Wow. So you want to be sitting down on solid frame when you dump. Yeah. Uh, also, Dave says, even more so uh, important is the transmissions are air-operated mm. now. Interesting. And it just it's an electronic sensor that goes to an air mechanic arm that moves these pieces inside the transmission. And honestly, you guys, it's it's been a whole learning curve with that. We one spec, and they have they have an additional filter where it goes into the transmission now. And I mean, you can be who knows where you've ran all day, everything's fine, two o'clock, and all of a sudden you've got a transmission fault. And you know, we have found like a spec in the screen of the filter that supplies the air to those transmissions, and you're just down. You're just, <sighs> I mean, spec. it is the craziest stuff that's anymore. So the technology, the technology in the trucks, and and that's not even getting into the emissions where we're at now. <laughs> You know, especially with Colorado, I mean, we were just following California, and it's not good. <laughs> there was it's a presentation <laughs> on that at the CMC annual meeting about just the emission standards, and even there was discussion around, you know, electronic uh, tractor tra or electric tractor trailers and all that. And it's fascinating to to see the size of each of those. Oh, it's crazy initiatives, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and they're all pushed by one guy <laughs> here, Colorado. <laughs> uh, trainer tips remember when you are training to think outside the box and set up different scenarios at plants to help your trainee learn things to look for for example at plant 2 ask the loader if you can dump a load in a stockpile check to see if your trainee sees there are power lines above no we won't hit them but do they know that do they know they're there you should never go up with the trailer and not look above you know your surroundings this is just one of many things we can teach to help everyone be better at their craft. Hope all is well with the JFW friends, families, and listeners. Remember, safety has no blind spot. Look and lean. Sit up in your stool. Don't be a fool. Much love and respect always. Ray Ray 0013. Good job, Ray Ray. That yeah, one was I love awesome, that, man. Love that, Ray Ray. Good job. Yeah, Ray, good job. <clears throat> now, do you have lyrics you're going to pass out for yeah, everybody? Yeah, I would like you guys. This is going to be a joint effort here, guys. Man. So I'm going to pass these out. Oh, man, I don't think you realize what you just got into. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. We're going to do just a couple verses just in the essence of time. But I kind of folded in. Any of you guys like Metallica? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of got a little Metallica feel of this on the front end, and during the middle you might you might hear it. But I'm hoping I'm in tune. I tuned it last night before I put it in. So is this your song? <laughs> no, this is Bob Seger's. So okay. this is uh, Bob Seger's uh, Turn the Page. But yeah, Metallica has done a rendition of it. And Metallica yeah, played yeah. around with it. Which is so, amazing. I'm sure they ruined yeah. it. No. <laughs> no, Dave. I mean, I know you're not a Metallica I'm guy. I'm a but big Bob Seger fan. Are right. you a big Bob oh, Seger yeah. fan? You so you know, you'll know these lyrics, but yeah. we're going to oh, do yeah. the, first ver the first couple of verses. Joe, do you, do you, sorry, do you have a YouTube channel? I don't, but like this is really uh -huh. encouraging. This whole podcast thing is sparking we, many of an idea. We, we were trying to find some of your music, and we found there's... There's a lot of people named Joe Newhouse. Okay. Some of them are politicians. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are musicians. So yeah. we're just trying to get it all figured out. Yeah, if, if and when, and, I'll definitely let you and guys And we've know. tried to come up with music for the podcast for an intro or whatever. Well, yeah. And, and we didn't. Anything you find out there, like you can't just use Bob Seger's song. No. Right? It's licensed. You have That's to buy right. it or there's date, you know, all of these issues. So we actually wrote a song just for JFW and it's on our intro every week. So, okay, <laughs> it's kind of long. What's uh, what's the name of the song? 
Did you guys have a name Brian on it? Shiny Red Trucks? Yep. Red shiny Red Trucks. Yeah, yeah, it is. I heard it last yeah, time. Yeah, Shiny Red Trucks. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Right. Well, we'll give this a go. I'm going to just kind of get, get the fingers warmed up a little bit.
Man, I'm, I'm glad you could play because we didn't really find out if you could. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if that was super painful. That was great. That how was long have awesome. You, how long have you been playing? So I consider myself a campfire rock star. So I okay. picked it up after college. I just had it sitting in the corner of my apartment. My, it was my sister's guitar. And uh, just been dabbling ever since. Nice. So it's just kind of a hobby on the weekends. I might grab that either in the morning or the afternoon with a craft Colorado beer and just strum a little bit for the neighbors and take it easy. So, nice. Yeah. What's cool. your favorite? I mean, do you have like a, a go-to list? That, yeah, that so I've do? got kind of a repertoire. And there's actually a shout-out to some guys at Pinnacle within our team. We call ourselves Sophisticated Casual. Uh, it's, a, it's a group of three of us. So it's myself, Abe Tomas, and Nate Johnson. And we've actually had the chance to do some things within Pinnacle. Okay. Uh, nice. Like company events and some things. Yeah, so very cool. It's been great. But, uh, yeah, music's always so, been so a passion. So another bass and some drums? or uh, You know, you never know. You know, okay. during COVID. Uh, well, what do the other two guys play? So uh, Nate Johnson plays guitar. He also does some percussion stuff. Okay. And then Abe Tomas is like the jack of all trades. He can play mandolin. He can play bass. He can play wow. guitar. He's a, a really good musician. Wow. These guys are artists. Monica. When you can do that, that's just it, and it's, it's fun to see them at their craft. And then during the COVID, guys, uh, we would actually open up the garage door in my neighborhood, and we would <laughs> welcome people with camping chairs. Okay, and we'd put some coolers out in the driveway. Yeah, wow. and we would just you know jam for a few. We'd let the neighbors know if it gets a little loud. Don't call the authorities. <laughs> we'll turn it down. But uh, we would just have some fun and play for yeah. like outside during COVID and stuff. like that. I mean, that. that seems like one of those events that it's hard to stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once like, we get going. Pretty soon it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and you're like, all right, guys, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> tired. Well, they're like, yeah, no, Margaritaville again. It's like, guys, we played it four times. You know, I think, I think we should probably stop. But thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity yeah, to play great. this morning. Michael, what's it like working with Joe? It's, uh, yeah, he, as you can tell, he doesn't have a lot of energy. So we, I always got to bring him up. But Joe, no, it's yeah. great Joe's, Joe's, Joe. Joe's like the Super Dave of Pinnacle. He is. <laughs> Speaking of Super Dave, you want to hit us with that high road hauling soup? Sure, sure. I've got a good one this week. Um, Everybody wants to get better at whatever they enjoy doing. Um, And it's to do that, it's important you focus on your strengths to focus on success. Okay, so this guy named Kurt Livesfeld, he is a renowned learning and development senior consultant for the Gallup organization often explain to other leaders, managers, employees, that you cannot be anything you want to be. And that's contrary, when you're a kid, your parents said, you can do anything. Well, he says, you cannot, but you can be a whole lot more of who you are already. Conventional wisdom has alleged for many years that your weaknesses represent your greatest opportunities for development. Employees have long focused on fixing weaknesses to increase their chances of success. But recent research suggests that this long-standing advice may not be the best coaching. In fact, when leaders, teams, cultures, and individuals focus on strengths, they they have a better chance at winning than if they focus on improving deficiencies, okay? So this same research shows that empowering successful cultures are those that engage people and capitalize on individual capabilities. Earlier this year, CNBC published an online article by Marcus Buckingham. He believes people should seek out activities that they are great at. Uh, The things that fill them up and strengthen them as they, these tend to be the things they are most effective at. He goes on to explain that when we are involved in an activity using our strengths, it feels natural to us. We are more inclined to experience accomplishment. 
And folks should determine what their natural tendencies are, where their natural skills and advantages lie to cultivate those. <laughs> Learning is like new buds on an existing branch, says Buckingham. <laughs> if you want to win, you want to excel. If you want to stand out, you're going to have to take a few unique things about you that are beautiful and powerful and take them seriously and turn them, them into contributions towards your success. Buckingham also notes that things that drain our energy, though we may excel at them, tend to inhibit our learning. Mm. Brain science indicates that we shut down our capability to learn something new from the experience because we have very low energy level to complete the exercise. So here are four tips to help you focus on your strengths and success no matter the endeavor. Number one, identify your strengths. <clears throat> Name them. Concentrate on them. By concentrating on your strengths rather than improving your weaknesses, it will bring better, uh, a better sense of fulfillment and accomplishment. Number two, don't compare yourself to others, but do look towards others who inspire and challenge you to grow. Number three, talk to relatives and friends and write down what they say your strengths might be. And number four, focus on the process, not the outcome. The end product is important, but it wouldn't exist without the journey. We all tend to obsess over the outcome of everything. We want to get to the end product as fast as possible, and we want to skip any unnecessary means of hard work and reach our goals quickly. This is especially true when the results mean success, happiness, and money. Here's the thing. The results are useless without the process, the decisions, and the thoughts we have along that journey. And so here's the, the quote this week, again, spoken by this gentleman, Marcus Buckingham. He says, your strengths are not activities you're good at. They're activities that strengthen you. A strength is an activity that before you're doing it, you look forward to doing it. While you're doing it, time goes by quickly and you can concentrate after you've done it. It seems to, to, to fulfill your needs and there you have it. So Love focus that. That on your awesome. strengths to focus on your successes. That was great. Absolutely. That's awesome. Final thoughts, everybody? Anybody want to kick it off? Uh, I'll jump in there, Jam. I just think it's funny because, I mean, it seems like so many times the final thoughts kind of coincide with... <laughs> the high road on. Right? I mean, yeah. it's just funny. Like, we're all in sync or something. And I just had in there, knowing that Pinnacle was going to be here, to be engaged... In, in what we do, you know, and we talked about that prior to the podcast starting that, you know, this podcast is for our people yeah. and to help engage them, right? A little bit of entertainment. Sounds like we got some music on this episode. But, First time. Uh, no, the, the dad joke challenge, the just everything involved, but we talk a little bit about safety. We talk about, you know, what we're doing as a company to help provide a better place of employment for our people and things like that. And I guess one of the things I also want to add in there is be an advocate for yourself. Mm. And I think not only at your job, but also in life, be an advocate for your family, be an advocate for your parents, be an advocate for your kids. There's uh, there's some people out there that don't know how to do that. And I think it's it's a life skill that you you don't just naturally have right? It's something you acquire. It's something you build on. It's something you create, you know, and it, it could be as simple as a doctor's visit or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you have to ask a lot of questions. You have to educate yourself. It's not just easy. It's not a mindless 
action like going to the gas station and putting gas in your car. Right. That's mm. pretty mindless, right? Slip a card in, fill up the tank. You don't have to do anything else other than wait for the click to go off and you're done, right? It was a pretty mindless action, even though you had to do something. But I, I call that unconscious competence. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah right? right. Right. Yeah. I bet with the gun classes, Jam, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Right, you don't want to mindless actions when you have a gun in your hand. Well, it should. Well, look, that's a whole nother Oprah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole kinda, other Oprah. You kind of want it to be unconscious competence, like when you pick up a pen. Well, I think say, a muscle memory or an action—it's almost a reaction to an action—is there you go. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're the pro at that, not me. So I'm not. <laughs> that was it. My words, not jams, right? So <laughs> right. yeah, I just you know everybody be an advocate for your for for your family. I think yes. it's important. Absolutely. And. uh yeah, it's tough. That's that's my words for the week. Love it. Good words. Soup. Howard Holland did it. Yeah, it okay. usually does, doesn't it, Jim? Yep. Mike, Michael. No, uh, thank you for having us here, uh, Joe, and I appreciate it, and uh, we do appreciate uh, JFW's uh, commitment with Pinnacle for the yeah. last since what two thousand and one. You guys have been okay. with us, right. so awesome. thank you. We appreciate the business, and uh, we appreciate the partnership. Awesome, Joe. Yeah, this was uh, this so exceeded my expectations. I was excited to come here today and spend some time with you guys. But just learning more about the trucking industry, uh, learning more about your company's culture, I think a lot of companies could learn a lot from what you're doing with this podcast. Mm. Even just the learning lessons, Super Dave, that you just spit out. Like, there's some great notes there, and he, he makes those each week. Every week. That is I, that is impressive. Yeah. It's yeah. just those are good messages that people should learn to live and practice. And yep. brother Dave, even just your being an advocate for the ones that are important for you. It means it's the little things like that. In addition to safety talks and right. you know, practices out in the field, but uh, sure. this has been great guys. We can't thank Good. you enough to be a part of this. So thank you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You. Um, so this past Saturday at church, the, the message was called the story you will tell. And it was just talking about, you know, what's your story going to be in January of 2025? You know, mm. I'm going to just kind of break it more towards us versus, you know, a church talk. But, you know, are you going to say you almost joined the gym and got That's in shape? Right. <laughs> you almost lost 30 pounds. You almost gained 10 pounds of muscle. You almost made a decision to quit drinking. You almost learned more about your craft. Or are you going to go out and actually do something this year yeah. and get it done? So what is your story you're going to tell in January 2025? So if you have things you want to do, you almost learn how to play guitar. You know, or did you go and take some guitar lessons? That's right. You know, get with Joe. He offers free guitar Absolutely. lessons. Absolutely. <laughs> On my patio. Yeah. And other than that, I want to thank Joe and Michael for coming out. You guys were great you guys. guests. You guys yeah. are awesome. Were almost great. almost, almost as good it. as Eric. So <laughs> The numbers <laughs> will talk. The numbers will talk. <laughs> when people start hearing the music, word's going to get out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You. And you guys sounded great. Super Dave. Super Dave. Well, I didn't sing because I didn't want to ruin it. But Super Dave... You sound pretty good. Yeah, man. Singer. I love Bob Seeger. And, you know, I'm the guy, I can't remember the words, like, right <laughs> off the top of my head. But I can sing along. Oh, you, you did know? great. All of you guys did great. <laughs> yep. That's one of my favorite Bob Seeger songs. Actually. Oh, man. The live oh, yeah. version of that. Oh, yeah, he's my, my wife, uh, actually, he came to the Pepsi Center, I want to just say, maybe about five years ago. And yeah. she got me some surprise concert tickets for my birthday. Oh, yeah. oh my. And my wife and I's birthday are really close. Hers is February 4th. Mine is February 6th. So oh, nice. Of, yeah. For both of us, right? But she knows I really... I can't stand concerts. I don't like the crowds. I don't like the people. I don't like all of that sort of thing, you know? So she was like, gosh, I don't know if I should do this because Dave doesn't like concerts, you know? So <laughs> she asked me ahead of time. She goes, Dave, 
can I get you concert tickets to Bob Seger? And I was like, yep. yes. <laughs> How was it? Did you enjoy the it experience? It was fantastic. We spent a little dough and got some, hey. some real good seats. And we stayed that night at the, the Union Station, the uh, the hotel there. Sure. Um, so we walked. Love so it. we walked Pepsi to the Pepsi and... Center, walked back, and it was great. Yeah, that was awesome. the Bellware Fair. Yeah, well, it, it was. was yeah, it what was. a way to spend that yeah, experience. Really That's was. fantastic. It was great. So good. That's awesome. Hey, everybody, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Channel 23 podcast. Hit that follow button. Also, don't forget to go back and listen to episode 72 and help find Amber's mom. Links to her story will be in the show notes of today's podcast. We're going to go ahead and say the creed and then get on out of here. The creed's up over here. Unless you guys, did you guys print out the creed? We, we have a uh, oh, perfect. Up there. <laughs> yep. All righty. Together see? we face, face and, and overcome all, all that stands, stands before us. us. Together we are accident-free. Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together we are accountable for our words and our actions. Together we are the JFW family. All right, everybody. Great podcast, guys. Have a great week, everybody. Be safe. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks Just a-truckin' down the road Those big, bright, shiny red trucks Just a-lookin' for another load Well, it's a family tradition Any Rocky Mountain day Our fathers before us showed us the way We work for asphalt cowboys And concrete kings but that's never been a problem Cause we got diesel in our veins We've got diesel in our veins I see those big bright shiny red trucks Just a-truckin' down the road Those big bright shiny red trucks Just lookin' for another load There's a couple million tons to move I see them everywhere So you best get out their way And watch that sand and gravel disappear There's another run to make We gotta get it there on time And we got what it takes To lay it all out on the line Bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Those big bright shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town. They got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down. When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them. They just keep that hammer down And they keep that diesel trucking Keep that hammer down And keep that diesel trucking I see those big bright shiny red trucks Just a trucking down the road Those big bright shiny red trucks Just a looking for another Keep them doors closed, keep them butts in their seats Cause those customers are calling, and those red trucks can't be beat They gotta put the hammer down, 
and pick up another load Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road Keep them eyes open on the road I see those big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, Breaker 23, anybody got a copy on that Channel 23 podcast? Welcome and thanks for listening.